Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Sans Pants Radio, touching the hearts of millions and the penises of some. Hey, you know what happens in December? Everyone gets hot because the sun's out. But also, we got a second live show, 10th of December, Sandspitch Radio at Eureka Hotel. It's going to be amazing. If you didn't come there for the first one, that's okay. You can come here for this one. You'll see your favorite boys and girls sweaty as fuck. Uh, you get $5 uh, entry. You can go online, go on our website. You can um, buy them there or you can buy them at the door. We don't recommend that. Tickets are, are, are running out fast. You can also find the links uh, for all of that in the show notes for this episode. Come on down. See us laugh. Don't be a bloody muggins. Have a good time. Come on down. Hey, fellas. You sick of being beaten up by people like me because you read dumb books? Uh-huh. Well, I've got great news for you. If you head to audibletrials.com forward slash radio, you can get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial, and I'll never even know you're reading. Is Wheel of Time on there? That's not a real book, Zamet. No, 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 no. <laughs> Fuck you. Hi, welcome to another episode of Movie Maintenance, where some trilogies just need trimming down, cutting, fixing... Today we're looking at The Hobbit. So, Hobbit, as it stands, how do we all feel? Oh, it's... It's the same way I feel about so many other shitty franchises. the studio just yeah. there, just like having to collect your thoughts. But there are so many with The Hobbit. Like, there are just... There's so much, like, mingled disappointment and, like flashes of momentary nostalgia mm. and all of that like bundled into those three films. But I guess like at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I think there was a certain understanding that we weren't going to be getting another Lord of the Rings trilogy. So I didn't feel woefully disappointed by the Hobbit films. I was like, there was, there were so many obvious fixes, like tone down the CGI, figure out your tone for a start. Look, mm. I didn't even mind that it was a trilogy. I just think it should have been three two-hour films, not three three-hour films. Yeah. Like, there was no reason for those films to be three hours. Like, there's why why does everything Peter Jackson makes have to clock in at three hours? I don't think they, they like, pass three hours. They oh, they come very close. Very close, but like practically. I mean, if we're going to split hairs, it's here, a matter of wait, wait three hours. No, maybe not. But it's a matter of ten minutes here or there. You know, yeah. like it's like why do they have to be two and a half hours long? Like why not well, make actually, three two-hour films? I thought the last one, uh, Battle of Five Armies, I actually thought it was about ten or fifteen minutes too short because they cut out a few things that they actually put in in the extended edition, which I watched a couple of days ago of Battle of Five Armies. Yeah, has it come out? Yeah. Why have I it's not just a digital, it none of the, the extras. The, the, torrent, the torrent has no, come out. No, the, <laughs> the, the, the iTunes, which, I, totally, out money which, which I totally bought. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which we totally the, use legally. Yeah. There, are, there are scenes in there, um, especially relating to like Thorin and, and that whole thing in the book, which are, are very, you know, reading them are very emotional scenes. 
that were done so well. Like there, I, I actually don't understand why they cut them out because it was it was like another five yeah. minutes of the. Oh, film. but hang on. Like t- to be fair, we we needed a lot more of that uh, comic relief assistant character, uh, Alfred Stephen Fry's assistant. And yeah, like you know him, him dressing up as a woman and yeah, running away from the battle. Like we really gold, needed all you, of that. I've always said the you know pinnacle of comedy so is a man dressing as a woman. And if it's how? good enough for the footy show, it's good it's enough, good enough for, the <laughs> for the Hobbit. I mean, if you again, if you watch the extended, something something happens to him. So, oh yeah, really? You'll probably you'll probably be like, yeah, I'm, no, I'm glad he got. I'm glad that happened to him. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I th- I think for me the, the the first two films much stronger than the third mm. one. The first one, I think, is the strongest. The first one's easily the strongest. Like, the first yeah. one just... I remember going in and seeing it, and, yeah, the flaws were all so evident, mm. but the first one actually just feels like a complete film, That's exactly and it right. feels like it's set in the universe. It feels lived in. Yeah. yeah, there's too much CGI, and there's some unnecessary mm. scenes, and there's some tonal whiplash, but generally, like, it's a good fun movie like you know the, yeah. the whole opening sequence with the um dwarves of the house could probably be cut down significantly yeah um there's some stuff here and there that you know i would change or tweak like some of the radagast stuff i mean just tone it down like it doesn't need to be so over the top um i probably don't need so many callbacks to lord of the rings like i don't need yeah. gandalf making everything go dark when he's yelling in the house and particularly <laughs> even in the second film yeah, i don't yeah. need them all like you know i don't need um killy getting shot with the morgul mm. uh Arrow, yeah. and them having to go and find Ethelas to cure him, and it's all exactly the same. It's, it's almost just Peter Jackson saying, "Hey, remember this scene you really liked in Fellowship yeah, of the yeah. Ring? Look at how we're referencing it here." It's like just come up with something new. Is that new, the case? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I mean, the, I mean yeah, getting stabbed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was like exactly the same as Frodo on Weathertop mm, in yeah. Fellowship of the Ring. I, like, I still need the framing device of it being that I hated that in the I fucking. I, I like that. you know when, the, the, when, the what like the framing device. I like when films kind of like try and have a narrative frame oh, okay, around yeah, the whole yeah. thing. And be like, all right, where are we telling the story? And it's sort of like, oh, it's old Bilbo writing it, and hey, yeah. Elijah Wood was in Lord of the Rings. Let's have Elijah Wood in. No, I hated it. Fucking hated it. Well, I, I, I think know. I Just, actually I think that worked in in placing back, like in placing where the mm. Hobbit. As a story is being told in the the whole Lord of the Rings timeline, where they mm. go, okay, this is the exact moment where it actually starts and ends from. I thought that was actually quite clever because they could have just made it any old time. Yeah, like it was, it was fine, but you didn't need to sort of add in all the cameos. Of like, yeah, it felt. Yeah. It felt but then I'm starting to think, to hang on, like if now it's a story that Bilbo is writing, of course it's going to be more fantastical, and you could kind of be like the CGI mm. being a bit more mm, true. Bigger than it was in all the rings, yeah. but I also because think it is an, him writing a story. Hmm, there's a I'm tricky be, hmm. balancing act that the Hobbit fails, which is that it, on the one hand, it's trying to be tonally and visually of a piece with Lord of the Rings, you know, with like the big sweeping mm. shots and the epic grandeur and all of that. Mm. But that's not really what the book is. Like, it's just sort of a the book is kind of a fun adventure story that does get quite dark. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's true, but. There's, it feels like Peter Jackson's constantly trying to emulate the scope of Lord of the Rings, but also make it kind of kiddie and fun at the same time. Like the scene, I mean, the barrel oh, yeah. scene. Um, may I like mediate this one? I uh, that's actually something that I wanted to bring up was um, I think it all sort of boiled down to target audience. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Mm. I mean, when that first came out, I think I was still in grade six. Or something at the I time. Was seven that, was, when it came out, that was a so very long would, time ago, yeah. and I mean, we were all looking at that, going, "Oh, Jesus," you know. And then we look at it today, and we're like, "It's it's a Marvel masterpiece." Mm. Um, but the Hobbit, yeah, in a glance, there are certain things that it did miss. It looked like it was too post-processed. Like, uh, let's not talk about the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it almost weirdly. 
Hobbit and the Star Wars. No, it was almost Merry. You know what? I sort of I sort of think going in making the Hobbit even without. Sorry, not with that. With the Star Wars prequels, mm. it had that from the get go. It had that sort of that infection of people going like, "Oh, it's going to be another Star Wars." Pre-. And I think from there, a lot of like you know, internet fanatics <coughs> were like, "Oh, you know, Radagast is the Jar Jar Binks." Of blah, blah, blah. I think that, that feels like reaching. That feels like yeah. you're you're seeing what you want to see. Yeah, they're no, not I, that bad. The Hobbit films, I think, they're three star adventure films. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I mean, I, but I, yeah. I think I think a lot of people sort of fueling the fire of those sort of arguments mm. where they're just like those niggly little comments that people yeah. go like, "Oh, you know what? I do agree." I, I, I think I think from 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 that point of view, I think people should really sort of step back and go, "Okay, well, there." If you if you think about thematically what what these films are, I mean, there's a, there's a why I say the first film is is probably the, the most solid is. There's a there's a great monologue at the end, and this is, this is what I re- really like about the writers um, of both Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. They make these really really nice sort of quotable monologues where they aren't too sort of robust and 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 grand. They're they're really really fitting. And there's there's one at the end of um, an unexpected journey where Bilbo's talking about um, you know where he belongs, which is you know, he misses home and he misses his armchair and all that sort of stuff. And and he goes, you know. You don't have a home, and this is why I'm, this is why I'm going to help you try and take yours back. Mm. That to me really made that sort of a, a Lord of the Rings esque film. It really it fitted it really nicely into that whole story because you you then immediately in one you know one minute or even less sort of scene you can see why Thorin and Bilbo could strike up a friendship because they've got they've they've both got this one thing that they both miss and long for, which is why. Ultimately, more so Bilbo than Thorin wants to help him actually get that back, and I, th- I thought that was a really nice. It's a nice arc too. It's a very, very nice arc, which I don't think the second or third really had. It no, like I, I think they, they the Bilbo's sec- just sort of there, and Thorin kind of goes crazy. Whereas in Unexpected Journey, yeah, that's why I say it felt like a complete film because it yeah. did feel like the characters yeah, yeah. started at point A and mm. ended at point B. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, in the second and third. The plot progresses, but I don't feel like the characters really. No, do. it was more of like things. Admittedly, probably did feel like they did reach mm. their peak by the end of the first film, and then what needed to catch up was the plot. Mm. Now that yeah. I think yeah. it becomes a problem when you're looking at translating book to film, and that's where it all sort of went a bit haywire uh, in regards to pacing um, and extending all three. Mm. I mean, mm. I'm not going to say, oh. You horrible person, Peter Jackson, for creating three three-hour length films. Mm. As a matter of fact, I still <clears> went and you know I still went and saw The Hobbit. I still went and saw each film at the cinema. Yeah. I still enjoyed all three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, perhaps the third one, Battle of Five Armies, was kind of felt like a everything just needed to come to one place. As opposed, to, it felt like everything was just being all tied up and packaged, yeah, and yeah. you know, it didn't really it didn't resonate too much on a character yeah. sense. But there were still moments where when people did kick mm. the bucket, it was quite sort yeah, of like tugging, you know. Thorin's was, death and yeah. Bilbo's reaction. Oh my god, that was that was, that was, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it I was, was like it was strong. Yeah. Like it, it was, was really strong. Yeah. Uh, when Lee um, Pace's moose horse died, I, I got. Uh, <laughs> and, I was like, um, no, he <laughs> was so pretty. <laughs> and they did. Um, they did. I, I still want to say Smog, even though the film said Smaug, because I grew up calling him Smog. Yeah. <laughs> but like they did the dragon beautifully. Like, mm. I really, really like it. That was some of the best casting I've ever the, seen. Amazing. Just the motion capture. There's um, the, the fact that they did six. motion capture for it. That, like, yeah. for a, like, you didn't need to, or, but it just no, worked. No, no, no. Like, I mean, that's just, actually, that's what Cumberbatch well, was actually. You'd want to, yeah. He was really worried that it was just going to be a voice, and, and he went to Peter and went, 
um, you know, is there a way for me to do this? And then they had already planned it. They're like, no, no, we're, yeah. we're going to get you it's doing the, the actual motion capture. There's a, there's a great moment, actually, where you can really see Cumberbatch's performance come out, which is where there's that line he says, I think it's... Um, um, he's talking about the Arkansas to Bilbo. Mm. He says, watch it corrupt Thorin's heart and drive him mad. And there's the great sort of articulation in his face. You can just see that is... a an exact copy of the performance he, he would have yeah, given. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just so. It's a great done. moment too, like a really chilling moment. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Where it just, it, where he says, you know, I just, I want him to take it. Yeah. I want to see yeah, what yeah. this does to him. And like, there are a lot of really good moments mm. in the Hobbit film, like really, like mm. yeah. solid, like the riddles in the dark sequence. Oh yeah, the Smaug yeah. sequence. Um, I reckon even the destruction of Lake Town at the start of the third film. Yeah, is a pretty good. There was one shot sequence. in that where I almost flipped out, and it was seeing Smaug in mid air, and you see the fire come up his. Oh body, yeah, and then he just rips yeah. the town Fuck, apart. That was I'm like, good. wow, all right, oh, this is want to go what a way to start this like, film. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I really, I th- okay, I think the thing that people mostly because I mean these these are just me personally. These these are like fantastically made movies. Mm. Um, I, I think the thing that the, the sort of detriment to them would be that going from film to digital. Because, mm. I mean, yeah. even though even though the Star Wars prequels did digital, um, it was like digital sort of tape. It wasn't like, you know, now. I think it was it was because they were still working out the kinks of the whole <clears> red <throat> system of doing digital stuff. So, I mean, they can still, you know, you still achieve a film-like look and stuff like that. But I think if they had shot on 35mm, a lot of the quality would have come up a bit better and it would have looked a little less sort of... Um, sort of bloomy, yeah, bloomy and sort of like Vaseline on the Fantastical. lensy type thing. I, I think, I yeah, think it was there those, was a real those parameters. Cause, I mean, you look at you look at stuff like you know all the stuff that Weta Digital had worked on before, like Avatar for God's sake. Um, all that CG looks like really top notch. So I, I don't think it's a case of of um, even Peter Jackson going to CG mad because I mean you know you have to know your limitations. Obviously, but it's, you, it's, you the different, it's, it's the different it's the different medium like, that it was recorded on. Which yeah, is why I was thinking maybe it, it kind of was like amped a little bit to make it be a bit more magical, fantastical because it was it's being but framed as a story. The in Lord of the Rings, mm. and you know they're I mean? like they're obviously yeah. masks, and yeah. they're gross, and they're slimy, and they're tangible, and they're real. Yeah. Like the use of puppetry and CGI, which mm. you know Jurassic Park proved thirty, no, not thirty. That's um adding extra ten years <laughs> on there, but uh, twenty years ago, Jurassic <laughs> Park proved years ago. you know that was the way to do it, yeah. and. People still haven't learned that fucking lesson. Like, it's just like pour in as much CGI as possible because, oh, you know, we're taking advantage of the technological advances. Mm. But the thing is, like, you know, the Hobbit looks or- already, I would argue, the Hobbit looks more dated of a time than the Lord of the Rings trilogy does. I mean, I'd, I, because, I, would, I would agree in that sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are, there are a, but a few. That said, yeah. and I will, I actually prefer Battle of Five Armies to the Desolation of Smaug, but mm. I do really? because it got me on an emotional level that one yeah. mm. because I remember you know the first Hobbit came out I was so <laughs> excited I went um went to the Astor and did uh they did the three Lord of the Rings films in one oh, day the man. three extended editions in the yeah, Astor yeah. the big screen and I remember like walking in that morning and a friend of mine from uni said recently which is something I agree with a lot like we're talking about uh, The Force Awakens coming out and I'm stupid excited I think everybody oh probably listening to this everybody yeah. in this room is uh-huh. but Let's, as my friend yeah. said to me like <laughs> yeah Lord of the Rings is more his childhood than Star Wars. That's and I was like, I agree. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I love agree. Star Wars passionately, but Lord of the Rings was probably, The Fellowship of the Ring was probably the first film I walked into that really, really inspired yeah. me. And I sat there and thought, holy shit, this is what cinema can do. Yeah. Like, and it really opened up my mind. I mean, that's such a fucking cliche, but that that's true. No, I mean, and I agree. I sort of, so just sorry to cut you off, but nah, cool. Lord of the Rings as a nine-year-old 
is to me the first film that made me sit down and take notice of a film. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't. It's not just a thing on a screen. It was actually like I cared about all these characters, and you know, when Gandalf like falls in the thing, I was like. Yeah, it, it mm. got and me. You want and I'm more. nine. Like, I mean, I, I remember like a week before, previous, I would have cried at like Harry and the Hendersons, where the fucking <laughs> where the Bigfoot thing gets like taken away. Yeah, like, yeah, traumatic, yeah, traumatic. Yeah, exactly. Story. Um, and that's, and that's <laughs> a beautiful, touching moment. <laughs> I, I mean, agree. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel cinema, but no, the, the 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 thing about those films was, and actually, in and of itself, that Lord of the Rings sort of thing came from collecting those little models that you could get. Oh, I got those too. The little um, Warhammer ones. The Warhammer, yeah. And, and, them. Yeah, got and those. that sort of escalated a little bit, and that's probably the reason why I'm here talking about it now, because that sort of then escalated into my love of film and, and all the practical all sort of stuff. So I'm very grateful for those films. So cheers, Peter Jackson. Um, but on another level, I mean, what you were saying with the Star Wars and Lord of the Rings sort of comparison when it comes to effect on childhood, even something down to, like, the music. Now, the, the, the music, before anyone starts, you know, commenting aggressively, the music in Star Wars is unprecedented it's it's fantastic it's it's so poignant but with lord of the rings what howard shaw did with his music and with the hobbit his use of different like articulation with different sort of strings and and horns and all that sort of stuff it makes it sound like it's music from different films in one film which i i think works quite nicely especially with like the shelob sequence where pete actually went up to howard shaw and went like you know he's he's done music for like the fly Make it like not Lord of the Ringsy at all. Make it really like really sort of fucked up and stuff like that. And and you know, listening to all that sort of conversations they had, it's really interesting to then think he had to go away and go. Okay, I've made you know lyrically and poetically these nice elvish things, and now I have to make this like really like disgusting <laughs> grunge. Like, yeah, exactly. Just like but screeching. It's also there's. I mean, there's so much it does with the music, like how the with the elves, it's so ethereal and otherworldly. Yeah. With um, Gondor, it's like this sort of robust fanfare. Yeah. fanfare. Yeah. With Rohan, it's that almost... That fiddly sort yeah, of... Fiddly, yeah. kind of almost Irish sort yeah, of Yeah, like Vi- style. Norse. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then with the Shire, it's that kind of like really folksy sort of down-to-earth. Drunk. And, and it really... <laughs> exactly. And it's got a real like... Yeah. It kind of places you really yeah. beautifully in all the different places. Like it's The soundtrack is... Is amazing. Like, there's yeah. no two ways about I mean, that, it. I like, mean, that, that's why to me that, that soundtrack will always be a bit more sort of impactful than Star Wars. Because I think Star Wars sort of, again, Star don't, Wars, don't kill me. It sets the tone <laughs> mm. of the setting, but it doesn't really do anything. It just else. has like space. Yeah. 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 And and it's still a you know, I mean, admi- admittedly, and you know, everyone knows me Love to be that. one of the biggest mm. fanatics. Mm. Um, you know, I'd like to give Kylo Ren a run for his money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a zealot fanboy there. But um, <laughs> it's just that thing of, look, how, uh, not Howard Shaw, John Williams, fantastic. And when you hear the work that he does, you mm. already go, yep, yeah, that's Star Wars. But unfortunately, that's all it is. It's just yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. Whereas with yeah. Lord of the Rings' score, you hear certain points of it and you go, that's Aragorn's theme. That's mm-hmm. Legolas's theme. That's mm-hmm. the theme of the elves. It's the theme of Rohan, Gondor, Minas Tirith, blah, blah, blah. Everything is broken up into small sections and yeah. it's interwoven immaculately. Mm. Um, Even though there's like subtle references like um, the Council of El- Elrond where Boromir stands up and starts talking about his evil father. And yeah. there's, that, there's that really subtle horn solo yeah. of the Gondor theme. That you, you actually don't hear again until like the third film, but, but it's, it sets it up. And, but yeah, you do exactly. kind of recognize it. Like mm. I remember getting to the bit it's in the film where um, mm. when he's riding up the up Minas Tirith yeah. and the Gondor theme's playing, yeah. 
and you do kind of recognise it. And yeah. I remember even as a kid being like, hang on, I don't think I've heard that before, but I recognize. do recognise it. Just, it's but, a, yeah, it's a difference between subtle oh, and so, spectacle. Like, I mean, yeah. there's so many scenes. Like, the, the lighting of the beacons is just... Oh. One of the most beautiful <laughs> things that has ever been committed yeah. to celluloid ever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that whole the, the panning shots, the music, and then you know the bit where it gets to the end and you get to Rohan Aragorn like, like oh runs shit, in, he's like, the beacons are lit, the beacons yeah. are lit. Gondor calls for aid. Yeah. It's just that it's just... moment of silence, just long enough. And Theoden goes, and Rohan will answer, and the Rohan theme comes yeah, booming yeah. in, and but start, it doesn't yeah. sound sad anymore. Like you no. know how the Rohan theme is very like in two towers in particular. It's like very sad, oh, very like well, of a bygone age. When Theoden says that, it comes booming in yeah, like this victorious yeah. kind of war march it's so fucking good and oh, yes. every time I watch it I'm, I've got goosebumps talking about it I, now, now yeah. like just goosebumps thinking about, about it yeah, and yeah. you know like tingles in the back the of the head gates. like <laughs> a film that can make you feel that way yeah. like and that's what I mean that's why I think I will always forgive the Hobbit films yeah. even for all their shortcomings exactly right. because and I've said this with other franchises but I'm still in the world. I'm still yeah. having a good time. And that's why, you know, like Desolation Smell kind of put me offside a bit. But because I thought I thought that would felt like a cartoon. But look, Battle of the Five Armies, I remember going in. I didn't really get like, you know, with the other ones, I bought all the like making of books and all the merchandise mm. and everything. I was like reading all that stuff. Insanely excited. By Battle of the Five Armies, I felt like I'd lost that a bit. Like I didn't care that much. Yeah, I mean, and I then, but felt, then like yeah, the thing is, I had to I see it in order in, for it all to finish. That's sort of that's what it. Felt like, but, yeah. When I went in to Battle of the Five Armies, though, like as I was walking into the mm. cinema and I looked at the poster and, uh, and this, this is going to sound really cheesy, but I'm going to get a bit emotional, but fuck it. Bring the are. cheese. I'm bringing the cheese. Bring I'm bringing cheese. it home. But I remember walking, looking at the poster and being like, this is the last time. Yeah. And One last time. Yeah, which was the tagline. <laughs> yeah. And I got to the end of the movie and I sort of got to the end and like all the flaws were there in my head and they just kind of faded away. And I was sitting there and I saw it with my family over mm. Christmas and... um. And they all got up and like walked out. Yeah. And I just sat there over the end credits with that song playing, you know, The Last Goodbye, sung by Billy, Billy Boyd. Boyd. Yeah, yeah. And I'm bawling my fucking eyes <laughs> yeah. out. Like I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know what? Whatever the flaws of those three films are, and they are Legion, it just you, I, I, I can't I, I be think angry. It's... I can't be disappointed. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just glad I got to come back and see yes, more in exactly this world right. mm. yeah, yeah, and have a snippet of that feeling again. And I walked out, I'm fucking wiping away tears. And I walk out and my brother, my younger brother, he's like, oh, yeah, so yeah, it was pretty shit, wasn't it? I was like, shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up. It wasn't, it was the best. You shut up. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think as we were saying before, I, I think on a, in a deeper sort of sense, we know that the people who went back into making it are all the same, like, mm. yeah. they're Lord of the Rings veterans. And I, I think I think any cases of sort of, you know, misslips in, like, you know, yeah. CG or blah, 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 I think that's sort of just coming <clears throat> to terms with the times. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I, yeah. But I, the thing that always has, has held mm. me onto into these films is the fact that it is, it is the same three writers, it's the same art department, it's the same, you know, down to even, you know, the smaller sections. They're all the same people and they know exactly what, what to do because Lord of Lord of the Rings was this big sort of massive gamble in like every sense and 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 you can't you can't remake Lord of the Rings. I mean, I, no. I you can get into the mindset of making it again or making a you know subsection of it, but you it, it, it is it's untouchable in the sense that as much weight and her- heroism if that's a word <laughs> and and you know an epic scope of it, there was those little moments that added on to those characters. But that's what made Lord of the Rings work. That's what made you yeah. care. That's it's what, the yeah. little things like mm. the Hobbits, it's the second breakfast, the moments of humour, those yeah. funny little things yeah, yeah. that make you just be like, 
I get these people. Like, yeah. I like these people. I want to see these people succeed. And they're up against... Yeah insurmountable odds mm. I think but, that's the sort of problem whereas in like the Lord of the Rings of the Hobbit is that care factor not just in like what we see from the characters but of the filmmakers like mm. you know Lord of the Rings Peter Jackson and his whole cast and crew making that was like their passion project like yeah. everything like heart eight years. and soul into yeah. these they, things didn't they describe it as like the most expensive backyard film ever yeah made? It's, it's most expensive home movie ever made yeah, yeah. and then mm-hmm. it gets to the Hobbit where Peter Jackson never wanted to direct it like had to kind of step in when Guillermo del Toro yeah, Guillermo del, uh, he stepped, stepped out. out. He, he he found it too hard. So I would have loved to see same. his version though. So Peter Jackson yeah. stepped in, and uh, it can... would have been a lot more. Sorry, Joel, but <clears throat> I know I del Toro is good, but if you think that The Hobbit was too fantastical with Peter Jackson's version, mm. you would have. He would have, it would have tipped yeah, him I, I right over with Del Toro. After seeing Blade 2, which is a really weird example to give. But and after <laughs> seeing CGI Pacific Rim for like, a good 100 I really hated times. I really, that's a, the, one of the Blade films that I really hate. Um, and that was even before I saw like Pan's Labyrinth and stuff like that. I just think his, 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 sort of, his, his concepts are great mm. and, and his, his, use of, his use of practical effects are great. I mean, I saw Crimson Peak a couple of weeks ago and that, that film is like a really, really mm. good thriller. Devil's I, Backbone. Oh. What a time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, and even, you know, all, all those other sort of films. Even Hellboy, I mean, that was, you know, that, mm. they, they really stand up nowadays because... Oddly paced. I'd like to talk about that another time. <laughs> Actually, but I, I, yeah. I think Del Toro's version of Lord of the Rings, even if it was even if it was still marketed as, you know, Peter Jackson, if you didn't tell anyone, people would still pick out those little sort of, those um, little drops in, in here and there where it's it just, it didn't sort of feel like... Mm. That you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, it's tricky because like Peter Jackson, I think, was trying to make something of a piece with the previous films, whereas I think Del Toro would have definitely veered more into his own style. Which, yeah, if it was really good and really mm. successful, I think would have worked. Mm. I mean, like it's a different caliber of film, but if you look at like the Harry Potter movies and um, look at how different tonally the third one is when Alfonso yeah. Cuarón comes on, and it's Probably, you know, it, well, it's a film that set the tone for how the rest of the franchise went. Yeah, but the first absolutely. two were really like golden and sunny and yeah, kind of yeah. old fashioned, and then the third one is just this strange, dark, surreal. I mean, kind that's of, that's why that. I mean, that that well, the Harry Potter films is but it, probably my favorite. It, yeah, mm. and it it feels the most individual. It feels the most like its own thing. Yeah. And like, I probably wouldn't have minded seeing Del Toro do that, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. Like, I. I definitely wouldn't necessarily want an emulation. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Like, you don't know. I mean, yes, he might have upped the fantastical nature of it, but, like, with him behind the helm, it might have worked a bit more because it's going to use that sort of different kind of feel. I mean, there were design style. elements that... Yes, there were, that, definitely. I mean, the Mirkwood Forest and how it was all yeah. sort of Technicolor, that was yeah. that was all Del, Del Toro's doing, and, and Peter was like, that's actually a really fantastic idea. So, I mean, and a lot of his writing in, in, in the script and stuff like that was still credited. So, I mean, mm. I think a lot of his... his um, his involvement was, you know, yeah. was there. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's only a ca- case now we can just be theoretical and, and go. Exactly. If, oh, of course. If that happens. So yeah. I want to put this mm. out there because I think this is like one of the biggest criticisms the films f- come in for. Yeah. And that's the length, like making three almost three hour films out of one small book. Mm. Now, on the one hand, I don't mind it being multiple films because the fact is, it's like you look at the cave troll sequence in the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. In the book, that's a paragraph. Yeah. In the Hobbit, the book, the Battle of Five Armies is five pages. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff is just glossed over. Yeah. So the fact is, like, to adapt it properly and to take all these exciting cinematic scenes and make them 
exciting and cinematic. Yeah. You're imme- you're immediately pushing four hours because a lot happens in that book because the oh, book's yeah. kind of like a fairy tale. A lot happens in a quite short amount of time. So the idea of extending it to more than one film, I'm not necessarily adverse to. Mm. But the moment I walked out of Five Armies, I thought, you know what? They re- make them three two-hour films yeah. because that way you kind of trim down the bloat. They don't need to be long or, you know, make two three-hour films if you have to. Yeah. But I just think three films was where it began to stretch a bit. Well, I mean, I think mm. three films like, just work, works with the synergy of, mm. of having you know, another trilogy. Yeah. I, I think the argument... Look, I'm happy to pay for three films. No, like, it doesn't oh, that's the thing I was going to say. I mean, would yeah. you, yeah. would I, I think, you... Exactly. I think the argument that, that people make where it's like, oh, Peter Jackson was a money grab and, you know, he's just... He's I, already, I don't think so. He's no, already made the money. He was paid $250 I think it was like $250 million... Uh, uh, that's probably wrong because it sounds like a lot of money, but it's Peter Jackson f- to make King Kong mm. up front. That was before. I don't know. It wouldn't be two hundred fifty million. It was no, it was, no it, way. That's more that, the budget of. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's where I was wrong. I think it was it was some gargantuan amount of money. But he's he, he strikes me as a kind of person who's not just going to make something just to, to for well, the yeah. money. Because you know, you look at even his previous mm. films, Michael Bay. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. look at like. Bad taste. Like he did that over like you know weekends over like two years, and it's a, it's actually a really funny film. But that was on like nothing. So I, he seemed like the kind of homegrown sort of filmmaker where he, he he didn't know how the industry worked before he started making stuff. He just wanted to make stuff. Yeah. So I, I really don't think that argument holds true. People being like, oh, he's just a greedy fat guy. No, you know, yeah, like, I hated that argument Is before. That a thing especially, say? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those. I've read a lot of. There was names. a bit of that, like you know, cheap cynicism, particularly when they announced the third film. People were like, oh, it's a money grab and all that. And I, at the time, because bear in mind, this was I think before. Uh, unexpected journey didn't even come out. I was like, "Yes, yeah, sweet, more Hobbit. Yeah, that's right. fine. That was always like, yeah, same. But, I, didn't, I didn't understand yeah. why the people made that argument before the last film was even out yet. And they were making this argument on like the first two films, yeah. and it was just kind of like, guys, you don't know if this is going to pay off yet. Like, exactly. you don't know yet. So rather than yeah. be like, oh, they're making three films of like a a forty-page book oh, or whatever, and it's I just hate like, that argument. fuck off. It's this shit. Uh, makes no sense. <laughs> first book to film is two totally different mediums. Exactly, you can't, mm. something that's in a sentence, you need mm-hmm. to have weight. So it could take, in a yeah, film yeah, I mean, otherwise people will still complain. Yeah, yeah. In the book, it would have been a rushed off. film. If it had been one oh, film, absolutely. it would have been rushed. If you think absolutely. about, like, say, Inglorious Bastards, the mm. opening sequence of that, the interrogation that happens mm. in the Jewish household, and that was written in a book, that'd be a page. That, it, that, that alone took, like, 20, 25 minutes. It's, it's a 20 minute scene. Know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amazing because fucking it, 20 minute scene. It was mm-hmm. so tense. Yeah. But that's the point that I'm trying to make is even though. A certain page would be written, yeah. um, and it goes, "Oh well, I guess one page equate to about whatever minutes." Definitely not the case because oh, you've got to look about the content. No. And even if, say, all of the main sections um, in, like, sorry, the main events that happen within a particular section of a story mm. happens and it only equates to about an hour and a half, you're gonna you you have to think about the entire arc that happens over the course of the Hobbit mm. and what scenes are necessary as Philip. Mm. I'm particularly indifferent to the whole three hour, two hour, three f- films for the thing. For me, it, it is what it is. Mm. I, I don't have a particular love, nor do I have a dislike for any of them. To me, they mm. are what they are. That being said, um, there were some things, creative decisions that were made. Lake that, Town Politics? That were quite... Any, anyone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. I probably could have done without that. Like, <laughs> yeah. there, were, there were scenes in it that obviously creative decisions that didn't need to be there, but they had to do something. But there was also... Yeah. I mean, it's just if... Like, 
I know it's unfair. It's that Lord of the Rings is a bigger story with more mm. scale, but yeah. and I would I would hesitate to make this argument if I didn't feel like The Hobbit was constantly trying to put the same weight on its own plot that the plot of Lord of the Rings had by tying because the book essentially is a treasure hunt, whereas the movie's yeah, like yeah. we can't let Smaug get this. Uh, sorry, we can't let Sauron get the weapon that is Smaug, and we yeah. have to get. So but there was again, all that, which I don't I don't mind. I, I think that was fine. Like that's but all with the appendix. Things isn't like it? the the Lake Town politics stuff, where it's just like you know, if you look at the equivalent in Lord of the Rings, you're looking at Rohan being corrupted by Saruman. You're looking mm. at this small mm. band of like. This, this destroyed civilization, all of whose best warriors have been mm. outlawed and God knows where they are, yeah. and they have to hole up in this decrepit old fortress with the biggest army the world has ever seen bearing down on yeah. them. The equivalent conflict at that point in the Hobbit trilogy is the taxation on the fish that are coming through. <laughs> okay. but, but, but again, again you have to think that... The master walking around talking about yeah. that and screen time gets... I mean, I, I wasted on I that? Like, come on, I don't on, think that's man. a fair example. I mean, I th- It doesn't it's, really translate... I, very if, if you're saying directly. from film to film, and I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I think with The Hobbit, the, the main conflict there, and I think it's actually quite a big one, is is this massive treasure hoard. Because what I think what they did better actually than the books, and, you know, let my head be struck from my shoulders <laughs> if I'm wrong, um, is that they the amount of money in there is enough to... For like for the men and the women of Lake Town to rebuild civilizations, all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. But with the orcs and stuff like that, that is <clears throat> enough money to fund making and building war machines for like thousands of years. I mean, that's so that I, I actually understand better than the book even why they were fighting for all that gold. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was. You know, it was not really a treasure. More, it was financing the fact that they could then potentially take over all of Middle Earth. And I, and it was only only recently that I did realize that. Um, and I, I, I was always sort of under, under the impression there was like Arzog being like, oh, I have to destroy the line of Durin and all that sort of stuff. Which, you know, again, I actually liked Arzog. Again, mm. I like that. Yeah, element. exactly. I mean, like, it, good I, antagonist. Like, yeah. I, I also think Arzog was quite good. I mean, I, Manu Bennett did a really fucking good job with Arzog, considering what they were working with. Where you know, yeah. Arzog came up at the eleventh hour and it went through a massive design process. And I, I think, I think it's a case of people, and nothing against you know people. Um, I think it's the case that they haven't really seen how you know how the sausage was made and and what troubles they had to go through to get these films to you know where they were and you know and, and it's a good example is with Lord of the Rings with that that two shot of the mummical running into each other which is like such a great sequence in itself where Aomir yeah. spears the oliphant and it just <laughs> goes um, into the other yeah, yeah. that Amazing. shot they had actually made it was like a five or six month epic shot that they you know and they worked out all these kinks in their CG system and all that sort of stuff and then when Peter actually ended up seeing it he was like it, it's great but they they anticipated the camera move too much where it was actually almost like the elephant was on top of them and they're like, can you just, can we just pull it back a bit? And so what they did was they took us like a six month shot and they made it in two days. Stuff like that. So, I mean, <laughs> I, the amount of work you go to, to, to remove kinks and make things better mm. can then end up sort of, you know, so I, I think that the whole story of, with, with the battle of five armies, I think a lot of people going into that not having really followed the other sort of stories and 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 I, I think okay, tonally I think it's a massive shift going from you know reclaim homeland to then funding war um, <laughs> a little bit a <laughs> little bit but I, I I think the theme itself and the the actual the amount of weight is there I just I I think it was sort of overshadowed by a lot of CG fighting and and stuff like that and yeah. also like I mean mm. the CG fighting kind of really 
really soured me on the Hobbit film. Like, mm. I mean, I came back around at the end, obviously, because I was having a tear in the cinema in the third film. <laughs> but yeah. that said, the reason I became embittered, because, I mean, fucking hell, the last half an hour of The Desolation of Smaug, mm. with the surfing on the gold and the making the big gold dwarf, which melts on the no, dragon. I love that. Where we oh, know that this ball. is just filler because they're going to hold off the destruction of Lake Town until the Do start you know of the what? next film. I fell asleep. I thought I, you know, that was Lord incredibly the clever on their I, part. How? Well, <laughs> <laughs> now I don't actually remember how they how they coax Smaug out to actually how he destroys Lake Town. I actually don't remember that bit. But they melted a big gold dwarf on him, and yeah, then he, then, threw he gets a then he gets pissed off. Like, no, well, but you think they okay? They try and drown them in the thing that a lot of his sort of power and corruption I, comes I actually, from. I thought thematically I actually that, was, thought, that yeah. was very, very clever. Yeah, on on a symbolism and level, that was funny. It's like, hey, you like, like gold? He is. Swinging around on the fucking things. Nah, I was a Laws ball. of physics nah, just completely out the window. I, I like, like, and they're surfing on... Yeah, it was always like, out the window in, in Middle Earth. Okay, but, okay, okay on, you need to remember. I'm smiling remembering that scene. I thought the furnaces were fine. Let's let's go by way of comparison. Yeah. All right. I feel unfair going back to Lord of the Rings trilogy, but fuck it. It's, it's gonna a prequel. Happen. It's going to happen. Go ahead. Okay. The scene in The Mines of Moria, Lord mm. of the Rings, yeah. Frodo and Aragorn running down on the bridge when it breaks and it starts mm. swinging below them and they yeah, have to yeah. jump to the next bit. Yeah. And you are on the edge of your seat. You're thinking, fuck, 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 because it looks tangible. It feels real. Yeah, yeah. You're sitting there thinking, you get that sinking feeling you get when you're standing up in a really high building and you're like, oh, fuck, mm. fuck. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. how are they going to get out of this? Because it feels... Real. It looks like a real thing they're standing on and they're kind of like wobbling about the place and they're awkward on their feet and everything. Comparatively, the Hobbit, the uh, Goblin Town, with them like all swinging around on the yeah. things and running around the swinging bridges and then that sequence at the end of the Desolation of Smaug, I mean, fuck off, there's no weight to it. There's no... <laughs> it feel, It's so unrealistic that, you know, in Lord of the Rings, even though you know they're not going to die, you think they could fall at any second. Yeah. They could yeah. fall and die at any second. And even though I know they're not, it's the beauty of like thrill ride cinema. You're still sitting on the edge of your seat being yeah. like, fuck, 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 fuck. How are they going to do this? In The Hobbit, there's no sense of stakes because you're kind of like, well, obviously they're all like superhuman ninja dwarves and they can like <laughs> survive fucking anything at this point. Yeah, like it just, but it you just need feels to, I mean, I have need to remember fight. that. But, Bomber like smashing but, his arms out through the barrel. And oh, I, fucking, but, I love that bit. Oh, I fucking love that. Hang on. What? That, 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 actually, that I was fucking funny. love but that. You need to, you just, it's, that, it's, that you great, it's that great ridiculous escapism that then makes other moments where they would have the same sort of physics of, you know, or they take things out. Like the Legolas shooting the Oliphant yeah. thing, and you know, it makes them more impactful because you know, in the world, it's not too removed from things like that happening. And that for me is a really good way to create escapism and go, This is it's still a sort of tangible place, mm. but Hang on, wait, you so need just to... to clarify because stuff like Legolas taking out the Oliphant that was like a one off moment in Lord of the Rings films that even though it was ridiculous, you're like, Holy fuck, that was so cool! Yeah. Because nothing else was quite that absurd, or him like surfing down the. No, stairs. I just mean that that sort of. And, but those kind of there were so many of those moments. I in mean, the like films. But I mean. you like, got to think about what happens in the space. Like, obviously, it, no one take could be able to do that. Oh, of course, but because because he's an elf, he has that sort of no that very light. Or him dexterity. running up the dexterity. falling. Yeah, oh, I mean, okay, that's that's a bit more <laughs> of an extreme version of it, which yeah. maybe could have been downplayed a bit. But then you have the the sort of the build up precursor to Legolas in the other films, where you know he gets on the trolls back and shoots them, and then he you know he's. Snowboards down the thing at, at Helm's Deep, and it's those little cool sort of moments where you just go like, "Oh fuck, I, I, I don't know what like I, I don't know what an elf would be," but that's that's a really good interpret. Like I can see what an elf could be in that sort of world. So I sort of think that you know, 
the dwarves, these being these little robust tank-like sort of things, they could. I reckon they could probably take a, a punch. I mean, okay, obviously, but they were so sliding down like yeah. what is essentially like you know that sort of angle mm-hmm. on a bit of rubble. But <laughs> I they mean, were so yeah. nimble. Like, see, Legolas. What I think what worked about Legolas is that he was a one-off because the other characters weren't like yeah. that. They were kind I mean, of I, rounded I, I, and I, yeah, gritty. Agree. And when yeah. they fought, they got tired. Mm. Like you know, Aragon fighting Lurts at the end of Fellowship. Oh of the my god! And he's like, he's he's defeated. Like he's completely crushed. Yeah. And he's like, you know, when Lurts like throws the, the dagger the dagger at him and he's just like oh. Aragorn's like almost falling and it feels so real yeah. and you're like fucking hell Aragorn like none of the characters exhibit that in the Hobbit films like nobody yeah. feels like they you get tired you need to remember though and everyone that... is so badass and so like super stylized everybody is Legolas in the Hobbit films that's the thing okay. um, yeah. alright okay well I mean, I think last be, comment I think a good again I, I, swings I, I, it over but the thing is that you just need to sort of remember you've got to go back to its root you've got to say what is it trying to do yeah. You got to go. This is a fantasy. It is a yeah. high fantasy. Also, it's a, sort of, it's a, a it's heightened a fantasy. Yeah. yeah, and, and it's, it's a, being yeah. framed it is, as that as well. Because if it's being like again, maybe they should have upped up the framing device of fucking Bilbo writing this. It would be yeah. If if they upped that and they made it more of a this is how he remembers it. Again, kind of that life of Pi also, bullshit, I mean, that's which is kind point. of like, that, yeah, like you know, I guess you could interpret it in the sense mm. that Bilbo's imagination, him being this, you know, yeah. hundred and eleven year old. Yeah, yeah. Decrepit or you, man. You remember, I mean, that's, you know, that's, a, that's, a, that's actually a really valid like interpretation. And it accounts yeah. for yeah. the massive tonal mismatch between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. But, but maybe that's not what it's, it's trying to do. It's some I remember when Legolash ran, ran up the, on the falling pieces I of I think Keighley got brick. shot by something, but it could have been anyone. And the elf and the dwarf wanted to fight. That's what was going on. The tone isn't meant to match. Because... Um, even when you read The Hobbit as opposed mm. to reading the trilogy in the yeah. books, oh, the, the yeah. Fellowship of the Ring, was that was a hard slog. Oh, oh my it's God. a heavy book. Yeah, exactly. So the no, thing is, the, the tone, oh, the I think the, the tone is, is not meant to match. Because the I tone, hear the movie, you open it and you go, book. oh, Boromir lies dying. Ah, <laughs> You know, like the, the second book. I mean, the first, I'm glad the first film showed at the end of the film because I could not take the second film opening up with potentially Gandalf plummeting down with the Balrog which is probably one of the best movie openings oh dude and we actually have a we have an argument about yeah, it yeah actually go on. should we, should we yes. yeah okay so for ages uh, Michael and I have been sort of like this is since like the trimester two or something yeah and we, it's like the, two years the, ago the very sort of beginnings of <clears throat> our friendship um, we sort of had this sort of debate going what is a more epic opening would it be the start of the two towers where Gandalf is flying down, or up falling until down. like Frodo wakes up and he's like Gandalf, yeah, fighting the Balrog. <laughs> or is it the opening of Revenge of the Sith where you have that enormous space battle happening over Coruscant? Lord of the Rings, hands down. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Is boring as fuck. I hate that opening. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I hate yeah, it. Sorry, like, man. Revenge sorry, of the Sith. That's two. Is, all right, that, that's, I mean, that's two people. There's still only two people. I think for me, the scope. The scope. No, I hated it. I hated it. You hated it like so I much. It. Like, I liked it a lot. It reminded me of a video it, game. It went on for like twenty minutes yeah. too fucking long. Okay, no, 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 no. Like, well, please, 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 you're going to have to go and watch it. You'll have have to play it back together. And people have been stuck on this as well. They go, shit. It's just that whole one shot of them flying through all the... Oh, and all the... the, um, That is pretty cool. uh, Starships all kind of part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything's going back on board. Not like up until they land in Grievous' ship. Yeah, yeah, because my God, that whole sequence went for so long. That's crap. Just the opening sort of Before they start talking. 
okay. Yeah. Maybe. All right, I'll yeah. refrain my Because that's why I, that's why I have an argument. Because, I mean, I, I again, well, okay, most of the time, if not all the time, I side with Lord of the Rings. Because I did not expect that. In any film, let alone mm. the Two Towers, this you know, this very somber scene where you know Gandalf plummets to his death, and you just go like, "Oh fuck, this is poor Frodo and poor Fellowship," and then he's like, "No, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah," just like he grabs just, the sword yeah, in midair and like, and the just, Balrogs, and by this point, like we've only really seen the Balrog in shadows. Yeah, that thing mm. is like. Otherworld and that's monsters. Yeah, and that's, and Gandalf is like, nah, fuck it. Like, just lays into it with a like, sword as he's just falling. Like, yeah, I'm not done yet with you, bitch. bitch. And that uh, sets up like, the whole back here. I'm that gonna sets up you Gandalf the White so badassly. Like demon in the head yeah. with his sword he's, while he's falling. He's like a samurai in there. He's like, oh, fucking so you know. good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, it was you know, and I think that's that's such a brilliant way to open a film because I mean, especially with the middle film, how do you open a film like that? I mean, you know, you've got obviously you've got you know. Boromir and you've got the whole, you know, Frodo revelation where, I mean, actually, I think the most, one of the most poignant moments in, in Lord of the Rings is the ending of the Fellowship of the Ring where Frodo decides and he's just standing there in front of um, the, and, the, ring, the Anduin yeah. where he's just like, he's, you know, says to him in his head, he's in a monologue where he's like, it's the, oh, fuck, goosebumps thinking about yeah, it right? again. Mm-hmm. It's, just, the shot of, <laughs> it's actually a very emotional scene. Oh, Elijah Wood, and oh, good, good on him. I mean, Poor I think Sam. I, I think a lot of people give Frodo shit for being like this weak sort of like weedy character. I think a lot of people just don't think what he's up against. And people are like, oh, yeah. good on Sam. Sam was the real Frodo. He literally carried Frodo carrying the ring up a mountain. You know? <laughs> I, I, but you know, you, but you look at that moment. And actually, I got a bit for a long time in like when I was like a teenager, I was sort of like, yeah, Frodo, you could have. When you go back now as you know an adult and you look at that moment at the end of Fellow. Oh my god! Like you could even watch it just out of context mm. you know, now, and it's that decision. You you know it's it's just him. You know it's it's there's nothing else tying him. He could he could go wherever he wants, but he he goes. You know I wish you can't this, trust anybody. He could have ping the the thing into the river, and, and yeah. you know, and then another hand comes and grabs it. But um, I just smuggle. I I I I, lo- I love that so much because you can see how much struggle there is and he doesn't say anything. It's just all in his head and then you have that line from Gandalf and he's like fuck this. I'm going so to So do all who we've just seen yeah, times. That's yeah, and then decide. Sam's like oh, no, and he like drowns. Um <laughs> I, just, oh, I I I think so starting yeah, again, starting yeah. the two towers with a Balrog fight. It was the perfect kickback into what made Lord of the Rings so impressive was how mm. punctuated it was where it wasn't, you know, Especially with fantasy films, yeah. Before Lord of the Rings, where they're all oh, sort of. What have we got? What do we? What do we got? Before? I don't. I, I really can't. Dungeons and Dragons films, the trash, all of them. You've got like Jimmy Olsen, uh, trash. Like, Wayne's hold brother, your horses. Trash. Dragonheart was my like thing. <laughs> well, maybe like was... okay. You got like fantasy <laughs> films like you know Princess Bride, which again a, a very like that high fantasy where mm. it's all you know like princesses and quests and all that sort of stuff. Princess Bride's also pretty subversive. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I yeah. think, I, yeah, I mean, f- for what it is, pe- people, are, it has a very, very big following, but I think that's because it, it is what it is. With Lord of the Rings, it's like, it's, it's, I think it's similar to what Nolan did with Batman, where they sort of have made, they, they went, okay, it's a fantasy film, but let's just not, let's, let's they really it as, as a historical film. I mean, that's. Yeah, actually, that, that's actually something that, um, <clears throat> is a very effective way to go about making hmm. certain films is you take, you go, okay, well, if it's a, for example, a science fiction, then you go, okay, it's a fantasy. But instead of making a science fiction or instead of just making a fantasy, which hmm. is so I, uh, identifiable as The Hobbit, you go, let's make a historical drama hmm. 
and add uh, fantasy yeah. elements into it. And then you have Lord of the Rings, and then you have Game of Thrones. Yeah, true. There yeah. you go. I mean, the same with, yeah, right. we were saying with Batman, where it's like, it just feels like a cop drama, <laughs> but with someone who's just like, now yeah, we're too. You know? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. And I think that's what, that's what actually, that's why when you watch all those sort of Batman films, they have so much weight because you just, you go, it's, it's, Totally removed from any of the other Batman films, where they're all like, you know, like woo, you know. Mm. It's, it's just the so same, you feel you feel why he's, well. why he's doing it yeah. is so justified, and yeah. I think that's what Lord of the Rings really made as well. I mean, that that in itself, I think, changed cinema. Mm. Everyone actually went like, oh, maybe okay, films. Should, we should probably take some films seriously, so they they have weight, and so these characters who might be as diverse as anything, if if the, you know, if they look a certain way, or you know, some. The funny sort of thing, people are just going to take them on appearance and just not listen to what they're saying or what see what they're doing. You know, mm. so I think, I, I think that's what Lord of the Rings and and to a point, I guess the Hobbit have sort of yeah. done. I, I said the it, Hobbit less so. I yeah, think. I think I said it many. Like I said it before. I think by the time, like, especially the Five Armies came because I was so on board, like the Hobbit, mm. like you know, uh, one and two. I, I loved both of those films, and I came in the third one and be like, nah, it's still great. By the for the third one, it was just kind of like. It just felt like Peter Jackson had had enough and was just very tired. And it just felt like he yeah. was sitting next to me going like, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, my my 10-year-old son was like, hey. I think, yeah, sir. I think, yeah. Have a bear fall from, from the sky and, and wreck some shit. <laughs> oh, like, he fuck. said it'd be <laughs> cool. And I was yeah, like, happened, yeah. Yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. um, do, you guys, do you guys agree, though? I've like, had enough. Like, unexpected yeah. Journey has so Done. much heart. And, I mean, and that's not to say the other ones don't. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, unexpected Journey feels much more tangible. It feels much more like a complete, yeah. good, well-crafted film. A <laughs> little bit flabby at parts, but overall, like, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, a I, good I, film. I think what... But as they go on, they sort of lose yeah. personality and they lose weight and they just yeah. become a bit more like... Yeah. I agree. Like, I it becomes I simpler. Like, it, mm. it becomes yeah. simpler and that's yeah. flatter, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I very grey by the time the battle. Do you know what? It really does mm. become quite grey, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, even even with it seems almost a bit washed out. Mm. I really felt that in Battle yeah. Five Armies. Like the whole thing just feels really like I like. I don't think the journey had a lot of like really warm colors, like a lot of yeah, like, especially dark when browns and reds yeah. and, and and felt very deep blues and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And like yeah. the I mean, way they yeah. always shot the skies, like with the purpley sunsets and everything, yeah. like yeah. it's quite a beautiful film. Mm. And I expect the journey oh, yeah. just to look at absolutely. But like yeah, Battle of the Five Armies, it's just so grim, yeah, yeah. desolate and washed out. And I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the, looks the, the, the maybe yeah, intended that's what going yeah. for. Yeah. But yeah. was that exact? Was that the intended look? Is Maybe it meant to be the end times? I think I waited three movies for Lee Pace to do something, and then he never did anything. <laughs> yeah. And I was really yeah, disappointed. And he's always just like, I've wasted enough Elvish blood. I'm like, you've wasted <laughs> all my screen time, you beautiful bastard, do something. Xandar. Yeah, then he's didn't <laughs> do a fucking thing. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I would agree. <laughs> so how do, we think, how do we think these films are going to age? Like, I mean, you said before you think Lord of the Rings changed cinema, and I agree. Mm. Um, I think Lord of the Rings, you know, is probably going to be going to go down as one of the all-time greats. The Hobbit, where do you think it's going to sit in 10 years' time? May I I say that, honestly, I'm going to be very quick about this. I think they might just be forgotten. I think it's an attachment. It's it's an accessory to a much bigger thing, and that accessory will be lost. I think it might have the sort of the lovely bones effect where the characters – in in the film, I actually like. I think the portrayal of like Susie Salmon and all that sort of stuff by Saoirse Ronan and I quite like the lovely bones. Exactly. I mean, I, I think it's a, it's it's a very if if you watch something like Beautiful Creatures that he did even before Lord of the Rings, that that film 
I think that film sort of gave him the confidence to do something like Lord of the Rings, where you know obviously he'd done all these splatter mm. films before that. He he then tried something that's a bit more sort of tonally so different. It still had those sort of elements. I I think people will remember the characters and people will remember such the, the great betrayals of you know Thorin and Bilbo and 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 Gandalf. Uh, and even like people like Bayon, I mean, I think they the character of Bayon was really, really well played. I, I just think scenes will overshadow characters, and people will be like, "Oh, well, that scene was so drawn out, or that you know, was unnecessary." Yeah. To, to me, I'll, I'll remember how how fantastically portrayed. I'd say a good ninety percent of the characters in that film were. I mean, that's the thing that that these films have done really well is they've they've ingrained characters in our memory that even if they have very subtle sort of nuances or, you know, or even their silhouettes in sort of shots, you, you remember that. I mean, even with even with Bomber, I mean, again, <laughs> you were saying this before, the ridiculousness of him, you know, being in a barrel and doing that sort of shit. But he, Did you he know, ever get a line? Did he ever get a line? He, you know what? He does in... In, in the extended version? In, in the, yeah, in the last <laughs> no, extended version. How's that? But I, I sort of, you know, I like him as a sort of a silent character, especially yeah. when he's running away from Bayon being like, fucking no. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I still think his funniest scene was him grabbing the sausage and breaking the table. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this the visual <laughs> yeah. games. Like, I mean, I, I think again, even having this sort of discussion, those things that you remember, those little sort of, you know, those, those moments. That's what makes these characters really sort of stand the test of time. Yeah, like the acting was, like, I was like, really great. Like Martin Freeman. Oh my god, Perfect. he was Martin, amazing. Oh my god, he, yeah. that was. Yeah, like, I, I mean, could watch. I would just love all his scenes. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's right. such a. He's so complex. Mm. The way that he acts and delivers, where he's saying one thing, his face says something completely different, oh, and his eyes will say something also yeah. completely different. You're like, and even with what like, is going on in his head? Even with Richard Armitage as, as Thorin, I mean, those two in particular, oh my God, I can't imagine the casting process they must have gone through to get those, because, I mean, you... Oh, they're both amazing. Like, and yeah. The reality of it is, I think, what, <clears throat> I think that's actually one thing that will always elevate the Hobbit films above the Star Wars prequels, is the fact that you've got two really strong central oh, characters yeah. and really yeah. rock-solid performances. Like, yeah. And they are... They are great performances. Mm. Like, if nothing else, you know, the, the, the you know, you got the two of them, and it's it's like the it's Star Wars films don't even have a protagonist, really. Yeah, the let's movie, like, let's you don't know not be following. We've yeah, already it's, had it's, our, it's we've already had our big discussion. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> and, I, and I do, oh I do think God. that comes down to to the the main three people at the helm, which is you know Peter Jackson, Fran Walsh, and Philip Boyens, yeah. where they know exactly when to. When to pick out moments and and when to really have that close up or, or that mm. wide shot to to illustrate a point that can't you can't even illustrate with words. You just yeah. need to see it and have an impact. I mean, I don't think there was anything like that in maybe some of the Star Wars prequels. I mean, I, there was a few moments <laughs> here and there, but with Star Wars, I think it's, it's all sort of just flash and bang, and then oh, and there might be a story in the aftermath mm. of the destruction but of you know, the Trade it. Federation. But with <laughs> With with the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, nah. <laughs> even without saying anything, a, a, a look or a you mm. know, a, it's anything like, stuff like that is what really sort of makes those films carry, and they really have that 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 you, you can sort of follow along, even if you think something's ridiculous, you can still go mm. seeing Bilbo react to this, you know, like you know, even like Feely's death where he gets stabbed in the back, and you see Bilbo pull out his sword and he's so he's he's almost like shell-shocked he's like all right that's just happened i someone i've known for a year has just been killed i'm gonna just okay it was decisions like that instead of him being like yeah i'm just gonna you know rage out and you know be really angry it's that seems that sounds like a really sort of you know prequely type thing to do being like i saw someone die so i'm gonna rage 
out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. I think it's that, that difference that really makes those films even, you know, lesser so than L- Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit films. That's what makes them stand up is is that decision to either elevate or make subtle a moment that could either be taken one or two ways. It's 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 thinking about things as opposed to just being like, no, nah, that's what people want to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I was trying to, like, even think, because the whole purpose of this little podcast is, like, how do we improve things? How do we make it better? And I think, like, um, Desolation of Smaug, I think... To me, that was sort of when, like, you could start really picking it apart and be like, mm. oh, yeah, you could kind of make some changes here mm. and there. And I honestly think, like, the biggest thing I would change in that whole film was where it ends. It ends too soon. Like, it ends with, you know, Smaug flying off to, to a, you know, about to destroy I have to Lake admit, Town. that was one of the most powerful cliffhangers I've ever witnessed in my life. Especially the what have we done. I mean, you can feel the weight of Bilbo where he's like, yeah. what the fuck have we I done? I just didn't need the interminable mm. big... Molten dwarf fight prior to it, but like, but the cliffhanger oh. itself, I dig because it's yeah. bold and it's stark. I mean, if you... and it's not even overblown, there's barely any music. Like, it's no. just when he's flying through and he goes, I am fire, I am death. But we're being like, What have we done? Cut to black, silence, and then Ed Sheeran, <laughs> Ed Sheeran. and then but it's such a quiet song, too. Yeah. Like, it's it's a really unsettling ending. Yeah, I mean, it's, do you know what? It's funny, it's brave. When, when they were. And this is me having watched The Apprentices way too much. Um, <laughs> there was th- that bit, that that decision were to cut all the music off after Smaug says death. That was literally at the 11th hour because they had finished the last two sound reels of, of The Hobbit, which is like 20 minutes. Mm. You do that in like a week. They had like two days to do that. So they were all like no sleep. And Peter Jackson was there as well. And it was one of those like delirious decisions. He's like, well, what if you just cut the music off? After death, and they did because it was the score was supposed to continue off him flying into Lake Town, and they just went zoop like that, <clears throat> and that's what really makes you sort of it just everything stops, and you just hear yeah. this roar of this dragon flying towards this you know pea sized town comparatively. It's mm. a really, it's really good it's, ending. Yeah, isn't it? no, I th- uh, I think it is. I mean, I would prefer like, them to start like. I don't know. I think roasting Lake Town, roasting like Lake Town, and then so was... the start of the third is like the aftermath. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think in a filmmaking sense, ending was, on something as dour as Lake Town being destroyed, and then opening up of something as dour as them all being like, yeah, oh, my, f- my f- mother was torched in front of me. <laughs> I, I think, the, I think the anticipation of a year of going like, is it going to open up with him just having killed Actually, everyone, and then you're going to, ha- yeah. yeah, sorry, on on a pace level, you have to admit mm. that if um, you stripped away the burning of Lake Town from the third movie and gave it to the end of the second one, it feels very weighed in one direction. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's, I think that decision was probably heavily influenced by what is necessary uh, to, to pace the film. Not so much yeah. in a story context, it's what fits better where. Mm, and yeah. t- again, like the two towers opened up with uh, Gandalf and Balrog. Hmm. Yeah. No, 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 I get it. Like, five it's, it's, it's opened up with Smaug and um, Death. Yeah, like I think it's, 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 it's a sequel needs to end and in and like a middle and needs to end in a down note. Yeah. And I get that. And it does sort of make sense. I don't know. To me, I was in the cinema, and then when the big like to be continued, it was everyone just went. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I always lie. <laughs> but see, I think I reckon that's because of just that fucking long drawn out pointless yeah, fight scene. Maybe you're I right. I think that took the weight away from it. Because the thing is, okay, look, let's face it. Most people in that audience so, have so read is this the, the Hobbit. The, the burning the, of the furnace yeah, thing. Sorry, with you? touching. I'm, I won't 
drag on about it because I've spoken about it. But um, <laughs> at, do, do at, so, at, drag on. <laughs> but um, but I do kind of feel like you know, it's we all know we most people have read the book. You know what's going to happen. You know he's going to torch Lake Town, and for me coming into that whole sequence, I was like, all right, this is just it's a filler. B, it's an artificial climax for a film that is based on a third of a book. I mean, you know, and again, I have no problem with that, but it feels very much like an engineered artificial climax because there isn't a natural climax at that point. I mean, Or do it in half the time because it did not need to go on for so fucking long. Runtime, I'll agree with you. I mean, they probably could have cut maybe, you know, five, ten... Even fifteen minutes out of that, but I, I the the thing, I mean, I would probably agree with you if there was there was there was that moment where, um, they're sort of running away from Smaug and they mm. come across even the lower levels of Erebor and you just see all those women and children and they're just skeletons. And you can see Thorin is just like, what the fuck has this thing done? Like this thing has, in like one day, has destroyed this in maybe generations of this culture where you know. My race is now okay. It didn't really help that they sent like twenty thousand dwarves to get killed. I mean, they probably decimated their race a bit more. But yeah, idiots. Where, where <laughs> he sort of he, you can see in his face and the whole company. Or, okay, two thirds yeah. of the company are there. Achilles off dying somewhere. Um, and he, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to rid this. I'm going to kill this piece of filth. And he's like, you know, if if this is to end in fire, I'm going to let us all burn together. He's just saying like, I don't care if we die. Let's just kill this fucking thing. So he doesn't kill more people. It doesn't work because um, he goes and tortures like <laughs> I don't know, hundreds of other people. But, more people. But I, I think it, it's and you know, especially if you think about it, like how would you take this this thing down? I mean, if, I, I think it was quite clever how they they sort of the concept of killing, trying to kill Smaug with all these you know machinery and, and the- hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. 
gold. Yeah, and that I, was cool. Yeah, I, I think on. I thought it was a, a sort of on. Yeah, that was fine. I like on, an yeah. on-the-fly decision by Thorin being like, "Okay, we've got what have we got? Gold and furnaces. Let's try and drown this thing." I mean, you know. Yeah, and it's also nice to be like, "Oh, because their whole thing about is he going to be corrupted by greed?" And him being like, "No, let's just burn the gold or melt the gold." It's yeah, like, no, I mean, that's exactly. really cool for Thorin. And then, of course, it doesn't work. And yeah. I felt. Again, jumping ahead to the third film, where it's just kind of like Thorin is now a crazy piece of shit. <laughs> uh, it's like I would have liked to until see until the bit plot demands that he is no longer a crazy piece. Of shit. Yeah, yeah and he sort of things, just falls into that okay. weird cesspool. Yeah, that, all right. And then he's he like, falls into the gold, and he comes out, and he's like, I'm good. Can, <laughs> I, guys, can I just say <laughs> that that whole segment there is so reminiscent? Of Anakin's fall to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, right. How quick yeah. and ridiculous that is. Yeah. It's just, oh no, I chopped a hand off. That's it. I'm going to go kill some kids. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right, done. And now... I pushed window out of like, window. Kill oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I'm now dying. Uh, um, maybe, maybe this is not a good idea after all. You know what, guys? I'm cool. Let's do this. Yeah. It's a bit too rushed. You know, yeah. Not you enough know emphasis on, again, that central theme of... Corruption. corruption. Yeah, it would have been cool because, again, it's all meant to be like he's being cursed by the Arkenstone, that kind of crap. But it's kind of like, yeah, I get it. I yeah. get it. It's outside force corrupting him. Kind of cool, but maybe build it? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I, okay, show I, I, yeah, I, think, I think building on that would There were glimmers, but I would have liked yeah. to see more of like Thorin the reckless megalomaniac in yes. the desolation of Smaug and see him making yes. more like bold... Yeah. Edgy calls that make people be like, "Well, Thorin, maybe you shouldn't." Like, I mean, there was a bit where, was, where, where Bilbo's like, like, "I don't know where the Arkansas. Let's fucking get out of here!" And he puts a sword against the doorway, and Bilbo's yeah. like, "What but the that fuck was, are you doing?" Yeah, that, 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 yeah. that was a bit too like. That I'm like, the uh, one, "Dude, though, there's a dragon coming for you. Do you want to like maybe move?" Mm. I mean, not enough. Um, it's just odd. Yeah, I found, I, it, I, found it yeah. odd. You could probably. I mean, I guess you could argue being like, "Oh, with Thorin's mind, it works in mysterious ways." <laughs> but um, dwarven physiology it works the, I mean there is a great at, at the start of Desolation of Smaug apart from obviously Smaug not sub Desolation Smaug but so Battle of Five Armies where Smaug's desolating stuff yeah. yeah there's that shot where everyone's looking over to Lake Town being burnt and you see that the shot of Thorin just still looking at the mountain he's just he's, mm. his main focus is like probably gonna have to fortify that big fucking hole in the thing and, <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and yeah you know, so I think subtle things like that is quite quite effective but I think on a sort of an oral dialogue level, you probably could have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he sort of he sort of went. I think it, I think it just peaked too high, and then went. Oh yeah. No, nah, we, <laughs> we need him to be normal again. Um, yeah. Although him charging out with the company in that triangle formation is such a badass. It is a badass thing, but I don't yeah. know, I don't understand why twelve dwarves changed the tide of the war. Oh, like they're I mean, morale. Yeah, morale. Out, uh, you know, you even, see, yeah. so, like, even morale is a finicky thing. I mean, even if you are vastly outnumbered, you can only get so like yeah. happy and high and ready to go before you get like you know. Especially when Dane was like, "Oh, the <laughs> fucking king!" Like Dane is this like you know, he, okay, he can headbutt people through iron, but they still die. It was weird, but <laughs> yeah, he, he sees Thorin running out there with his, which you know, I just couldn't. Couldn't quite it's get a, past. I mean, I like. I like boar. I mean, I like the sort of the pigs and the, the sort of rams. I think they were quite cool. But that's that's a mood point. Rams that makes sense because like in, yeah. in a lot of like um, sort of dwarven uh, references, yeah. uh, particularly World of Warcraft as well. World of Warcraft, yeah. Rams. They used to ride rams. I like how in that it's like gets the ram up a mountain. Rams like I'm off. Yeah, <laughs> don't, <laughs> see, don't see the whole thing. It's just like oh, there's some grass beneath it. Um, Good I, ran. I, I, but I, I think morale wise, I mean, you could sort of make similar sort of ties with um, the whole um, Pelennor Fields battle, where you know Thaden sees two hundred thousand orcs and he's like, all right, we've got like 
a dozen or so horses. Okay, like six thousand. But he's like, he's like, fuck it. Like we're here now. We should try and do something. Mm. And he just gives that rousing speech, and, and everyone's like, "Gee, everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to kill at least ten orcs and not be shot by an arrow, or get stepped on by a massive elephant." Um, so I, 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 I think it's, it's. I think the whole thing with morale is, is it's, it's a very opinionated. Mm. That's why I think a lot of people may maybe don't see those more heroic moments in either the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit. They just go like, "Oh, but that's that's unrealistic. They're all going to fucking die." <laughs> yeah, like, but I mean, I, the know. difference with Pelennor Fields is like that's an extra several thousand units coming in that will have <laughs> an effect to 13. on the turning on on the battle yeah, like okay. there's there, there's no comparison like that that's 12, 12 dudes compared to not a even, literal but army. again i think not that's even a, dudes half dudes and dogs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. it's like six, three six real guys six, <laughs> six normal six actual guys um, <laughs> that's what they're worth i mean i i yeah okay so i think realistic it doesn't realistically it doesn't work but i think maybe poetically mm. it sort of works a bit better i mean yeah, again I mean, you, you have to again it all goes back yeah. down to genre it's fantasy it's not a drama it's a fantasy True. flick and yeah. that's that's what happens, exactly. you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm impressed. It's, it's, it's a trope. Hero classes, you yeah. Know? yeah. That's a lot more than yeah. the, <laughs> the plebs who are just there, just getting the killed like dickheads. Yeah. All, all the Lake Towners who exactly. have these like shitty, flimsy little like rakes, even though they have an armory stock full of weapons. They just yeah. thought to give, yeah, they yeah. thought to give fishermen fishermen tools to Good. fight orcs who have orc tools. <laughs> I mean, I thought, yeah. that was swords weird. designed to like you know rip. <laughs> skin apart mm-hmm. like yeah but they're still killing him with like shovels and stuff and even the women are like let's fight with our men and these old people are like <laughs> hobbling forward and you know I, was, I think that's quite funny but pretty good yeah I mean I think there's, there's other sort of things you kind of like I really you know, cut back on or cut down on like one is you know the lo- like love story between um, I actually didn't was, hate that I you know what I really that's like one of the most I was sort of takeaway aggravating things for a lot of people was that yeah, I know it really annoyed people. I it didn't annoy me. It just felt it. unnecessary. I it I felt sort of necessary, but I didn't. You know what? I really like the scene where he's in the prison and they're talking about the promise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was sweet. yeah. I really. But then bringing in that felt like it was from Lord of the Rings. Mm. That felt like one of the conversations the characters yeah. would have had. I mean, I I think there's a certain the, cheek to it as well. The progression from from them sort of having this platonic sort of friendship to then you know even mm. even their love i think people forget that their love wasn't necessarily fully realized because oh, the only time they kiss is when Philly's dead yeah and you can see, Wait, see her yeah they don't actually bit of bit of battlefield necrophilia man it's yeah, good. fine it's fine body's still warm She's it's like, okay it's, uh, i just <laughs> you know, just going to slip my tongue in yeah. it's good but i mean i i think uh, I, I think if they had really like if they uh, i didn't even see that i think <laughs> if, if, if it had stayed platonic and mm. it was just this like yeah. connection between yeah. you know these. That would have been nice. And also, people. I think throwing in Legolas in there. Why the third wheel? Why <laughs> Legolas is one of the one of the additions. Why? <laughs> I, I sort of understand it's sort of a nice bridging gap, and also with the time of Thrandil, Legolas mm. probably would have been there. Yeah, well, it makes sense. It, it does make sense, yeah. and I think yeah, I, I think people a lot of people forget even that. When I read the but, Hobbit as a kid, I always kind of assumed Legolas was. There yeah, I mean, it's 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 it, it's, it's it a totally sense, normal leap to but, take. Yeah. But I th- I think mm. Legolas like. They sort of, I think they upped his role a bit too much. Yeah. He was always, <laughs> he's like, what is it? Um, he's like, Gundabad, let's go there. Toriel's like, why? He's like, because we, because it's Gundabad, hey. And then they just like ride off and then it's like, oh, there's a thing. And then they ride back. I mean, it, it's, it sort of seemed that, yeah, I mean, Legolas, yeah, I don't think he had to have his role mm. fleshed out that much. I mean, he, I reckon he could have still stayed a secondary character 
and having, you know, with the first three yeah. films, we know what he can do, so we don't really need yeah. to. If he had, like, yeah, very small cameos here and there where people go, oh, it's him. Yeah, rather right. Than, oh, like with Frodo. I mean, Frodo wasn't in the film for that long, but having seen him there was like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, that's cool. cool. Him. Yeah, yeah, good. It's when you play, like, a sequel to a game and you see your original game. It's like the whole Borderlands thing. Yeah, like Borderlands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just see your old characters. They mm. pop up again and again, but they're not there yeah. all the yeah. time, I guess. Well, exactly, and that's what you kind of. That's what I felt. You know, Legolas should have been was just been like, oh yeah, he's next to his dad. How good? He's there. That's great. <laughs> now he can go off and do nothing. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. I don't need him to be like jumping up, you know, a falling Trees bridge, and, the you know, Matrix, racing, and, yeah. yeah, balancing on dwarven heads and barrels and rivers. But yeah. Yeah. The because dwarven heads and barrels. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I actually enjoyed that sequence a lot. The, the barrel sequence I really enjoyed. The only I thing I didn't like it. about that did Bilbo reference the fact that he knew Legolas in the Lord of the Rings. Which, which one? Did uh, Bilbo be like, yeah, I remember Legolas. No, he did not. I don't think he did. I mean, there was no reason for him to do oh, that. They, okay. They'd never speak. Exactly. Then how would he know it's going? Actually, that's true. I don't yeah. think they ever meet as well. Okay. They're both at the Council of Elrond. Wait, is Bilbo at the Council of Elrond? No. no. He's, he's in Rivendell, but he's not the Council of Elrond. Yeah. He's just, yeah. Then why, wait, why is he Bilbo at the Council of Elrond? Is Bilbo, hang on, did Bilbo even meet Legolas oh, in the story? Yeah, because yeah, Bilbo's like, No, in The Hobbit. It, um, Legolas and Bilbo, did they meet? I don't think they ever meet. So then why is Bilby. he writing about him? Because Bil- <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, okay, Bilbo, you piece of shit. Being like, no, yeah, Legolas probably a, was there. He's just trying to plot. appease Frodo being like, that's, that's this, a bit this, of a, this Legolas character is pretty cool. It's a bit of a plot. He gets it, yeah. 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 I reckon he gets to Rivendell, he meets Legolas, he's like, this guy's a badass, I'm putting him in my story. <laughs> look, at, look at you. Yeah. Yeah. He, he pulls out a page and he stables in another one. Legolas, the golden-haired badass. If it's a framing story of like, this is Bilbo writing a story, how's he writing all this shit that he wasn't a part of? I mean, How does he know that the these bears are the were dropped that... by the eagles? <laughs> like, yes. <and> <laughs> but then again, it's just, yeah. It, oh, yeah. I mean, there is that great line that Gandalf says, where it's like, all, all good stories deserve embellishment, which I think is like... Yeah, that's fine. It's like, the, it's like the tagline of these films. But I mean, <laughs> it's certainly the... Um, so maybe this... Was this like yeah. like like uh, alt fic, like alt history fic that Bilbo is just writing, that being like, yeah, that, that golden which head kind of, elf I boy, I'm loving. Which kind of, I thing, sort of Bilbo's... Like, is that his slash fiction? species? That's his slash fiction. Erotica fetish. Just fanfic. Fuck, that's, that's it. That's what best. it was all about. Oh, I'm loving it now. I'm back on board. <laughs> is this a Rule 34 <laughs> yeah, yeah. version of... Oh, no. Oh, no. See, now imagine, like, old Bilbo, like, hunched over in the dark. He's lecherous. Being like, and so there was this really hot dwarf. He's like, where is it? And there was this really hot elf. And because <laughs> elf, we were the gross, but... <laughs> all of a sudden, Dwarf, we were the gross. Elf, that's that's why, like, Gandalf don't want to be associated with like, Go away. I'm busy, Gandalf, piece of shit. <laughs> and he's like, Gandalf zips up his pants. Um, <laughs> I'm having a ring, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because, again, I like the framing of... I always love a good framing, of, but then if it sort of goes against what that whole frame device is, then it sort of annoys me. I mean, I, I, I think... It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit messy. I mean, the I thing, the, the I, thing about I, Toriel and, and, and Philly's sort of relationship yeah. is, for me, I, I like it because it was never fully realised. I mean, it wasn't yeah, as something like as complex as Arrow. Aragon and yeah. Arwen's relationship. Was, yeah. It was just, it was a, a passing, it was a here and then it's gone sort of thing, which really made when Tario was like, if this is love, I don't want it. Like, I, cause, mm. you know, especially before, where she was like, <clears throat> filthy dwarf, sort of hot. But yeah, then you really see her character has just totally like changed. Mm. But there's nothing she can do about this. And and you sort of, you, you don't really know what happens to Tario after that. I was really afraid she was just going to kick the bucket yeah. in that film. And I'm sort of glad she didn't, because then it's like, it sort of made her character. To, I think a lot of people would have been like, well, well that was pointless. Yeah. What did yeah. she actually do? I mean, do you yeah. actually think that the 
involvement and introduction of Tyrell as something to do with gender balance. I think oh, they, they openly said that. It, yeah, openly yeah, were like, it, it needed, I think but it was just... But they needed if it. If they adapted the book, there would not be a single female character. At all. There you at go. All. Yeah. yeah. Like, but they needed all. that. They needed yeah. that role. They, they all the females in Lake Town would have been... Ma- Do you know what? That's funny to say that because a lot of the extras in Lake Town scenes were actually males dressed as females. Oh, really? In some, like, pickup <laughs> shots. That's, that's quite funny to say. But no, mm. I... Do you know what? A lesser actor would have made actress would have made Tariel this sort of really forgettable character. I think Evangeline Lilly did a really good job. Yeah, with yeah, I really think she good. was like, fine. She, she, she was charismatic and she was you know aggressive and and uh, she just said she you know she and was she, a fine supporting character. Yeah, yeah. I think like, she was. Yeah. I really don't have a problem with her on that level or really with the romance level. I think a lot My of people are just issue like with the romance was Legolas. Like if again, if they kept it with just the dwarf and the elf lady, good time. Yeah, so like, yeah. Like, okay, like adding Marshall in Legolas, fine. Uh, but he didn't do anything. No. All Legolas, Legolas's whole contribution to that storyline was to look a little bit put out every time <laughs> Feely and Toriel got a bit handsy, yeah. and then every now and then Thranduil would have like some kind of veiled jab at the whole yeah. thing, and then it just went nowhere. Mm. Like, why introduce a love triangle if it's not going to go anywhere? Yeah. yeah. Well, it sort I of adds. It the, adds. Um, it adds a complexity to it. That's. Uh, it's a very I basic, I mean, and I simple Argon, complexity. Arwen and Eowyn doesn't really go anywhere either. No, but <laughs> like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Shit! Fuck! But, but fuck! Hey, there you go. Oh no! 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 That was, that was perfect. I know. God damn it! So I guess you could say but that with it's Eowyn, a cross-reference. There you have. There you but have. With Eowyn, that sort of leads her to go into Pelennor Fields and goes, "Okay, well, I mean, I can sort of now, in a sort of a fit of, I guess, rage." Be like, okay, well now I've got now. Now if I'm not going to end up with with him and being along his side, I I can now. Do the thing that nobody else says I can do. But I and kind of felt like she was already <coughs> in that. State. Oh, she was a bit like, of a rebel anyway. She was I already mean, a rebel. Like I'm pretty sure she would have gone to. Pelotor she's like, what do you fear? A cage of you know being a f- woman for the rest of my I life. I really like Eowyn. Eowyn's great. She's a great character. She's she is no man. That, that's such a great moment. Yeah. Like like I remember I remember actually watching. It's a it clever line. Who, yeah. Like didn't get Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And that moment where the Witch King's like, <laughs> no man can kill me. And my mum who's and like, like oh. yeah, and, yeah. And then my mum was like. Oh, but a woman can. And yeah, then, like, yeah. she pulls up the thing. She's like, I am no man. I remember, like, the whole cinema being like, it's a really cool <laughs> moment. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's a re- And because it's like, it's it's not even like, it just, I think it speaks to the arrogance of the witch king to become like, I'm going to put all these spells in place, being like, no man can kill me. Because yeah. it just would never occur to him I mean, I think that I, a woman would be a threat. No, exactly. I mean, I like, think. It's just, it's a really clean, nice, like, beautifully set up and beautifully paid off yeah, yeah, yeah. moment yeah. in the series. I, I think it sort of comes down to the, especially the power of, like, prophecies and how, like, yeah. to the letter it has to be. Exactly. Or it's like, well, hang on. Death esque. You know, the yeah, whole. Yeah, I mean, it is yeah. to it. Because it's like, well, Mary's not a man, he's a hobbit. And mm. Eowyn's mm. a woman. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I think, especially if you think of it like the Witch King, what the fuck, he must have been thinking, he's like, as he's like shriveling <laughs> down, you know, turning into like, you know. Well, I fucked Yeah, up. he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, what's Should the have said person, not fair. <laughs> no living thing can no kill me. No living thing. That would have been better. I can't die. Yeah, but then the ghost would have been like, ah, I got me again. I'll be back next time. But no, I think... Trying to work out other ways to sort of make it improve this whole like the Hobbit series, and it's just like I don't know, maybe maybe it doesn't need, maybe it's just I don't know, it's, I it's in a position where Desolation of Smog needs to have a bit more self-contained. Mm. As like you know, we all got the first one really good mm. because it is that sort of self-contained. 
little one by itself. But in the second and third, it like the, the, they they are not self-contained. No, the first one stories. is a first sort of is. complete story. I mean, yeah, like they haven't achieved their main goal. At of the course end, not. But, but it's a little... the characters have gone from point A to point yeah. B. They have achieved something. Especially yeah. with lines like, "Where is Bilbo's like?" Mm. I suppose the the worst like we're, the worst is you know behind us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's that shot of the dragon's eyes, just like what? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I, I think stuff like that is is a yeah, really, that was nice. I, that that's a really <laughs> it's almost like a borderline sort of you know comedic sort of way of being like oh, well mm. I faced a few small runty goblins. Yep. And you know now now I'm good and it's but mm. I, yeah I, I I think the second and th- third film is you know and there there you know a lot of very very good mm. moments in those films oh, of course I think they yeah, they should be a bit more sort of self-contained it's like a closing shot as like you know from Lake Town perspective there's this dragon coming in rather than the other way like a reverse shot almost to end it there mm. I mean, yeah I mean, he, he could because when past, you have it yeah. when you have it yeah him coming you it's the thing of it's coming not it's going yeah. no as in like um, you know we see sort of from everyone's perspective in the, in the mountain and the sort of smell going down towards Lake Town these have a shot of Lake Town as is, all happy, go lucky, everyone going mm. about their business, and then you see this sort of dragon in the background. Well, I mean, you sort of closer. see that in, in the end of the second one, where only like, but is that very much like fucking Pearl Harbor? Only <laughs> <laughs> feels like. Can you please not? Use feels it? like something Don't that, use Michael, that as a comparison. Michael with, yeah. Bay would do. I, I mm. there, there is that bit where I'm even, happy with just like, retract, Sam. Just retract, retract. Just, yeah. just, just, just cut that out. Cut that out. Just, in the editing bit, Joel's genius. Go on. Um, good Tario point there. Thank um, you. I, they they do have those sort of moments where, um, like Bard's children are in their house and they mm. see like the shakingness and the, the the like the bit of dust comes in the thing and like they mm. they feel the equivalent of an earthquake. Yeah. When you know, like, like imagine sort of. I I think they, they that in itself they have those sort of exterior <clears throat> shots where people are just walking around. They have like. You have to think, it's been 60 years since this happened. Mm. A lot of the elderly people there probably would have been kids or babies when they think. So they probably don't really, they know the stories of it. Yeah. They don't really know. know. It's in in the same sense that Frodo knows what happened to Sauron, but he never really hears like, Sauron was destroyed. Like, what are you you talking about? He is fine. So I I sort of think in those terms, you you can sort of get a grasp of why they wouldn't be as nervous. It's like, it's been 60 (laughs) years. It's not going to come tomorrow. What are you talking about? Exactly. And then he comes in like five minutes. But... So in those terms, I th- I think you sort of get an understanding that Lake Town. They, I think it's just a, a farce to them. They're like, there's probably no gold in there. It's probably just a big like a haunted house. Mm. You know, I think yeah. I, I think in those sort of terms that that's how that sort of works. I guess. Yeah, I can't say how it kind of works. And then, but we start with the Battle of Five Armies, and we start with the desolation of Lake Town, and then mm. sort of we then faffing about and then everything comes together with the Battle of Five Armies. It just kind of almost feels like it's two disconnected films. Where yeah, we I, I, I start in Lake Town and then we have this, you know, Billy Connolly on a pig and goats <laughs> up a Good mountain. Morning. CG Billy Connolly. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay, that was... That was, I that, was because of his, that was because of his Parkinson's. Though. Yeah. He couldn't actually sit in the makeup chair to get... Because they had yeah. actually designed all this prosthetics. Again, I think a lot of people do, don't actually know that. And people are like, mm. oh, they just forked out CG because it's easier. It's like, yeah. well, no. If some, you've got someone with Parkinson's, you're going to be like, you don't want to be in makeup for six hours with this thing? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But um, I, I have to admit, I mean, it, it is a bit of a sort of a jackknife when it comes to, like, yeah. thematic and story stuff. I mean, they probably could have bled it together a bit more. Um, mm. Yeah. Even yeah. Like, to the point where it was like, I remember seeing it with him. I see it with someone. And they were like, hey, who, who's, the fifth per- like who's the fifth person in this army? What's going on? Like, oh, there's two orc factions. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? And they said those are big things that like, just bored through the mountains. It's another army. Oh, aren't they with them? Well, kind of, but 
the battle of several armies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like... Well, elves, know. men, dwarves, goblins, and orcs. orcs. Yeah, the, well, the wolves in the book, it's the wolves as well, isn't it? It's like the orcs and the wolves, I'm pretty I, sure. Was it? What? Yeah, it's the goblins I was, and I was the always under the impression that it was just orcs and goblins. No, no, I'm pretty sure in the book it wolves counted as well. It's been a long time since I read the book, yeah. but wolves. I mean, that one sort of made like the wolves, wolves in the wargs. Oh, I, I, I don't think there was many wargs in the actual. <clears throat> I think they were referred to just as wolves in oh, yeah. the book, but I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. An army of that. wolves. That'd be an interesting sight. I mean, yeah, they were yeah. with the orcs, but <laughs> nah, nah, it's like wolves like attack it, bro. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, they get spooked by those burrowing creatures and run away. Like, damn! licking their privates, being like, oh, "Fuck off!" I don't want to fight. Actually, there was there was actually a great I, the thing with Battle of Five I mean, that I was always sort of I was sort of like I was a bit disappointed I didn't see that I was so glad that they showed in um, in the extended was the fact that even though Thranduil and and Dane are like you know piffing things back at each other, they mm. never really duked it out and they were sort of just like and then the army happens to come and they go oh let's be friends in the extended they actually full on like they full on start fighting and you can see dwarves and elves killing each other oh, wow. oh really it's amazing you see like dwarves like bashing skulls in and like it's it's really That's fucking awesome it's am- and they actually it's funny the dwarves have like designed these contraptions obviously because elves have uh, you know famous with their arrows and stuff like that they just these huge like hail of arrows and the dwarves have created this like basically these windlasses that have I don't know what it is, but they had this like sort of twirly contraption on them that just take out all these arrows. It's mm. like it's really, it's it's amazing. I was like, fuck yeah! I mean, it was really great to see that sort of stuff. <clears throat> but um, so the then, extended, because I actually haven't seen the extended editions of any I've of the, the first of two like extendeds. the Hobbit trilogy. Better? There's a lot of different um, stuff in the, the, the um, two. The two main things I would say is better is you get to see Thorin and Feely and Kili's funeral. Okay. Which is in and of itself, people's the people's reactions to their funeral in the film is so like heart wrenching. Even more, not even more so, but on level with um, Bilbo sort of crying mm-hmm, over Thorin's mm-hmm. body. It was it's it's a very very nice send off, which I don't actually understand why they didn't put it in the theatrical because it's only like two minutes. Yeah. Um. And and also the additions to the actual Battle of Five Armies. There is there is a lot of gratuitous. Mm. Like it is it, it is basically ah. I mean, there's a lot of blood and stuff in it, which is kind of cool. Awesome. Um, and there's and there's a bit there's a few ridiculous things of like you know they've got these massive chariots that have these blades on them and they just take out like trolls' legs and stuff. Like that. It's just really cool. But really I, I, I think it, I think it does actually improve mm. improve okay. on the on the theatrical. Because I didn't find that too much with the extended editions of one and two. With um, the extended, they that's what they they've done really well is actually added to to bits of storylines which you don't necessarily have to set, have to show, but it's it's good to be like oh, okay so. Uh, that happened then, and mm. these are the reasons yeah. of that sort of stuff. But with with the actual Battle of Five Armies, they did. I think they improved on stuff that should have been in the film, uh, and they did it quite nicely. Actually, I think I think it pays off. Here's an idea. Just float this. I like ideas. Would the Hobbit have been a, a better TV series? Mm-mm. No, no, no. no. I, I think with, with, with the parameters of TV, and I actually had this conversation with someone yesterday. Only now, with someone like, like Game of Thrones, are they actually giving? decent budgets mm. to TV shows to because I mean t- movies cinema will always be cinema I, mean, I, I don't yeah. think they will ever die down I think people will just become lazy and just you know be like oh Netflix but yeah. with with <laughs> TV they, they had the added benefit of being able to create you know 10 or 12 or 13 episodes mm. of things um, things seasons um, which that way they can actually put more emphasis on characters and yeah, you, you, you grow to love these sort of breeze. characters if they had the budget, 
even so, it sort of might... People would still be like, oh, why don't they make it like a four episode sort of thing <laughs> yeah. instead of, oh, instead yeah. of a 13. Yeah. I, I was like, 13 would be a stretch. Make yeah. it as a series, of course. People would, people were bitching about an extra film. Yeah. Okay. No, no. Let's make, no. Let's make an extra Plus, sort of four hours of it. Not yeah. only that, you've also got to think about the events that take place in the Hobbit. Mm. How much, like how many moments are there versus how much filler is there? Mm. And every episode needs to be substantial yeah, in its own respect. Right. So I just don't really think there's enough content mm. to span a series arc in The Hobbit, believe it or not, I don't mm. think there'll be enough content to span a series arc and it would be a lot <laughs> more suitable as a trilogy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and also you just think of cinematic moments. Why are they called cinematic moments? Because of the whole yeah. cinema environment. I mean, that's that's even Truth. why they brought um, some, it was the last two episodes of Game of Thrones of season four into IMAX and they started showing it because they have the whole... Um, what do they have at the end of season four? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, the battle at the wall. Yeah, that's it. They, yeah. they they had that in in watches on the wall in in IMAX because like, that, that in itself is such a that was season four. Such a be- yeah. What yeah. Happened yeah. Oh my five? god! Like, I'm so like eight years ago. Like, just finished season five. Yeah. 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 Um, and that, that in itself was was such <laughs> so a bad. such a cinematic <laughs> sort of battle that they actually. They were like, oh, people actually want to see this in like mm. full, you know, you know, especially when you know, like the massive giant like throws his massive like <laughs> kilometer long arrow into a guy. I mean, that's just you know. Yeah. But I mean, that's no. But I think that again proves a point that theoretically, I mean, you could sort of say the Hobbit might work in maybe a six or seven like a mini series, maybe even. I just don't think it would mm. it would have as much weight being in a format that wasn't cinema. Yeah. Because then mm. people would be like, actually, was it made into a TV series? Was it beard? Uh, oh, it's was called Hobbited, and like it's an adaptation like of the bad. Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. I think it's like it was, was it like the Danish? It's like from oh, the early nineties. Really? You can it's, find it on YouTube. It's bad. Oh, it is bad. a time. It's bad. It is a <laughs> fucking time. It's like painted backdrops and oh, like Christ. bad puppets. Oh, well, there you go. And it's <laughs> like it's really. Oh my god! It's something. It's well, there you go. That's Hobbit your Hobbited. Hmm. Just Hobbit with an extra it on the end. Hobbited. Hobbited. It's like, and it's all, I don't even think it's got subtitles. It's just like, I mean, you, you think the 1978 Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings is bad? <laughs> Check this shit out. I just right. think that's just like I think fan that's of film its time. standards kind of thing. Of or? its time is a, yeah. I find that film really unsettling. The animation is just so unsettling. No, it's it's like a it's the like rotoscoping. A, just, it's like ugh. Tolkien's acid trip. Yeah, basically. For some reason, like Aragorn looks like like an Apache. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? He's got that. Big old nose. And yeah, and he's old a really, really d- olive skin. Anyway, that's why Hobbit wouldn't work in a TV. <laughs> Boromir's just a Viking. Yeah, he's <laughs> just a Viking. Yeah. So like, again, I, I loved helmet. them being like, look, we're doing another trilogy. I'm like, I'm back on board. As Gabe, you say, like, whatever. I don't care if it's good or bad. I'm in that universe yeah. and having fun, having time. Like, I would love them to make more of these kind of things. I'm, I love fantasy genre. I do. I'm like people yeah. like Star Wars fantasy, like you know, sci-fi fantasy. I'm like, it's great and all, but like, I am more a high fantasy kind of fan. Like I love all the RPG games, that kind of stuff. I do enjoy that kind of stuff. Mm. Are you looking forward to Warcraft at all? I am. Like okay. I am. Like I used to play WoW for a good five years of my life, just given to that beautiful Same. game. Same. And like the fact that they're getting like Duncan Jones to direct World of Warcraft, I'm like, holy shit. Am I gonna go back? No, I'm not. Because I'm done. It with calls that to me every night. I know. I just, I, I just bought like Diablo three on to... a whim. Oh, what a fun! Oh, time. I've been playing that because it's the closest thing I can get to it. 
I know, but, but like, with me, wow, it's always memories. Like it's like the nostalgic kind of I, yeah, you know, the, the rose colored uh, glasses. Oh, heavy like, I'm like, oh, I loved having all those big like good times with my mates. And wow, like no, 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 no. Remember grinding? Remember grinding? Remember forty man raids? Fuck off. Yeah, terrible sadness. Uh, Gabe, like you're boring me with this conversation. <laughs> Sorry. Gabe. Oh, I've, I've yeah, <laughs> chewed out. Think about Force Awakens, actually. It's my go-to. Like Every time I'm, someone's talking about something I just don't understand. Rose-coloured medichlorian. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. So, like, I love the fact that there's this sort of like really nice you know, six movies that I can kind of watch that are yeah. really good, or at least three are very, very good, and one's really good, and two are... <laughs> so four. <laughs> four good films, and one... Eh, one... Eh. That's a great, a great thing that like, somebody said about the Star Wars series where... And I said the same about Alien 5. They were like, why are you excited for Alien 5? You're talking about a franchise mm. of seven films, or seven... Yeah, seven, seven films. Seven films, yeah. Of which two are good. Two are, yeah. Two are good. Same with Predator. I mean, same with Predator. And Predator is um, right, like, Star but... Wars. You're talking about a franchise mm-hmm. where two films are stone cold classics. Mm-hmm. One is really good, and the rest, depending on where you sit, Trash. are either god awful or <laughs> mediocre. 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 Yeah. Really? Yeah, like, it is interesting when you start yeah. like, breaking it down and just kind of like that. But I, again, but I, I, I think that's that's because the legacy of Star Wars mm. really overpowers what. Quality, yeah. Plus, now that I, Abrams is at the helm, like, people actually go, "Oh, thank God, I don't the, have to worry." Mm. Yeah, I don't the have to make excuses of why that... I should have to try and like Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, I mean, now he yeah. fucking fuck that shit. You don't um, have to even try. But there's so much too, like, the yeah. old characters again. There's so much untapped potential for Star Wars as well yeah. because I, I again, I'm big on a lot of the EU and a lot of where that comes from. Um, and that's where a lot of stuff reigns supreme when it comes mm-hmm. to reaching its peak. Yeah. And now having, again, a new fresh look at mm. Force Awakens, I will go, you know what? Now that's when it can absolutely reach its potential. Yeah. Because the, the the movies and the prequels set its standard, right? But mm. the standard has been raised from other material, and now it's time for the movie medium, the cinematic medium, yeah. to reach that, and Are it's going to do watching that. watching Rebels? No, no I, I got I, I watched a couple of episodes, but I was sort of like, okay, I, I sort of it I, got too it was too childish. Yeah, it for gets me. pretty. Heavy. Apparently it does. Yeah, apparently it does get pretty dark. And but you got it's James still... L. Jones voicing Vader. Do you actually? Yeah, really. Yeah, oh, and wow. Billy D. Williams voicing Lando. Oh, what wow. else is Billy D. Williams doing? Who cares? He's not, voicing not Lando in Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> mm. And like, and it gets and like all the clones from Clone Wars, like Rex and them, come back, and Ahsoka's involved. Oh, wow, and okay. it's like it gets really. I didn't realize it, it was out, that. Because I, mm. I agree with you. Like the first. It, to me, it was comparable episode, to was Aladdin. Like, man, great. It was very comparable to Aladdin at the start. It gets much. Yeah, much more Aladdin. Yeah, much Jasmine. more Aladdin. They start singing, and it's great. <laughs> I, I knew it. I thought Flying so. That's right. just yeah. as well oh I didn't God. watch it. What a time. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Just for me, it's like, where else are you going to go? Like, I would love them to be make more Lord of the Rings-style films or something like that. I would love that to kind of keep you know going back this well, universe. I mean, but I, I just I think bring it to could, live action and, well... I mean, could they make it? action? Sorry, not that it <laughs> ever wasn't, yes. but... Um, <laughs> You can open up for series and stuff. You can get yeah. side stories happening. You can do anthologies. Do I would love stuff. that to happen, Expa- but would they? Expand more on, not like, say, the main characters, but mm. you can always expand more on the setting. <clears throat> yeah. It's a huge world, I mean, and not yeah. a lot of it had been... The problem is that there's so much rights tied up in the Tolkien estate. True. And they yeah. fucking yeah. hate the films, probably because they don't get any money out of them. But like you know, really? Peter Jackson has yeah yeah. Well, the, they even with, even with Lord of the Rings, they fuck, he he actually was 
He was in one of them as well. Hang on, hang on. What was this? Because like they, because I think Christopher Lee. Hey, wait, no, not Christopher Lee. Christopher Christopher Tolkien. Tolkien. Oh right. Um, And they have like, you know, uh, the filmmakers had the rights for the Hobbit and for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but not like Silmarillion. But not the Silmarillion. So that's why with the Hobbit they could source anything from the appendices, but but not not from like the Silmarillion or like. Unfinished Tales or anything yeah. like that. Which is why they don't make any reference that. to the two blue wizards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, I don't remember their names. Because ah. of copyright reasons. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. I'd be kind of cool to see, like, yeah, maybe what are those two blue wizards doing over there? Or yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, That's if- the thing. Well, my uncle seems to believe that give it time and because money turns mm-hmm, the world mm-hmm. and turns the clock, I mean, it I, will I, come like, around. I think it, it would... Pro- it, if we did actually get rights to say something like the Silmarillion, I think mm. in, in the sense that what Star Wars have done where they made great batch of films and maybe mediocre batch of films. You have the good and you have the bad. Bad. Um, you then know what what to do to make these a good mm. all-rounder. Not all-rounder, that makes it sound mediocre, but sort of a, a solid piece of work that yeah. still holds up to that world. I mean, I think that's why Episode Seven is going to be... A real success is obviously you have you have a whole team of people who you don't even have to trust. You just know they're going to do mm. their job because it's not about money or you know, or keeping a job. Yeah, it's, it's about, about the love you know, it's it. about the fact that you know. I I think with, even with Abrams, like his whole his resume was Star Trek. I mean, he did he did such a brilliant job. For me, I had no interest in Star Trek before oh, seeing the films. Same like old fashioned Trekkies like my dad. Hate that. Oh yeah, exactly. no, I mean, I think I've read, like, yeah. it's so it's so not what Star Trek was about. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think, like, I, but it's a great fun film. Yeah, like it's admittedly Star Trek never really gained a lot of traction in its early days. It had a very specific cult mm. fan base. Yeah, what absolutely. Abrams has done is he's resurrected this entire franchise for a new generation of people, and now there are a shit ton more people who are a lot more interested in Star Trek. Way, I mean, I, I loved the first one, Star Trek into Darkness. I mean, you had me up until the third act. I was, that's yeah. the only one I watch all the time is Into Darkness. And I, I, Cumberbatch's performance is amazing, but like the third act just kind of falls apart. I mean, I, I think... I What's mean, the third act? Um, the moment when um, Khan turns. So the moment like where... Gay they, or? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out did and start... Ma- maybe... Did I, did I write this? <laughs> is this one of my stories? No, the moment where... Hey, it, get um, your fuck. Come here. <laughs> Did I dream this and then voraciously masturbate? I mean, it that, seems that like at? something I would do. No, the moment when he um, it takes like, control of the vengeance. Yeah, like like yeah. Kirk and uh, and Khan are working together because you know Robocop's a piece of shit. Fair enough, <laughs> makes sense. And yeah. then he kills him. You're like, nah, fair enough. He had his family. And then he's like, no, nah, I'm gonna kill like Kirk and his. Like, why? Why? You got what you wanted. You got your family back. You, you don't need to be a dick. Yeah, I. I can- that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of a good point. But I, I, I think for me, I mean, what ties in it, it in for me with the whole mm. Hobbit argument is that what Abrams did was he took something that, I mean, again, this is sort of what Lord of the Rings and even Game of Thrones have sort of done. He took something that was, I think niche. a lot of people just sort of, yeah, niche. They, were sort, of, niche they were sort of like, specific. I could watch it, but I, I sort of already know from people's opinions and, and it's, I know it sort of might not sort of have me. And that was me. When in two thousand nine when it came out, I mean I didn't go and see it in the cinemas. I, 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 I and this is actually the same with me with District Nine. I had no real interest to watch it because I thought it was just going to be another sort of alien film that yeah, people yeah, just yeah. sort of cult loved. I love both of those films. Those films are so good, in the sense that Abrams is such a, a down to earth thinking man. He goes, okay, Kirk lost his dad to a fucking starship, 
um, and he's you know, living with like a stepfather. So obviously he's going to be a bit of a rebel to sort of, you know, he, mm. he's, he's his father's son, but he doesn't want that sort of responsibility. Spock, his planet gets destroyed and he gets bullied for having a human mother. And you know, all these different characters, they, they're so damaged and they mm. have these stories and that's why they make, in the end, when they sort of... They're very they interesting characters. They're interesting characters. Yeah. And I think that's why Lord of the Rings mm. works is because, again, Peter Jackson is again a grounded person. Goes, oh, exactly. These are such interesting characters. Aragorn is such a damaged character. He doesn't mm. want to be the king because he knows how the previous kings have turned out. I mean, I think thinking in those terms, that's what makes things interesting and, and ultimately that's what makes these stories so... Mm poignant and they stand up is because all it does is benefit the story and make it interesting. Yeah. So I don't know how to really... Again, I liked it. I think maybe, again, the fact that we know so much that happened behind the scenes. Like, have has anyone seen that moment where Gandalf just yeah. loses it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No, fucking McKillen. Uh, Ian McKillen, he's like... He's Ian as, Holm. He's as Gandalf is just like yeah. acting in a blue screen. He's just like this isn't acting, and almost has like a teary on. Is there actually a video of that? Yeah, yeah. he um, yeah, he, read about he breaks it. down. Yeah, yeah, he, he breaks, breaks down because of, just... of the scale issue. Obviously, they they were they were going to build. I think they did build eventually mm. parts of Bag End that were obviously scaled to Gandalf's size, which is more. But um, towering. He yeah he on on Lord of the Rings they were actually usually working in scaled up sets. And then blue screening people like, you know, Ian Holm or, or Frodo yeah. in there. With this one, but obviously the, the vast majority are people of a similar scale. It's easier to the bacon to them and then just, you know, green screen <coughs> Gandalf in. He found it really difficult because obviously you're trying to react and act to, you know, Nothing. sticks and mm. bo- green balls. And he just he just found it really hard. And he sort of, you know, he said to him, he's like, should I give up acting if this is what acting is now. And yeah, he was like, this isn't acting. It was a yeah. good was, thing to it watch. Was, it, up, it was, yeah. no, it was, so, it's, it was heart-wrenching and then Peter Jackson felt that as well and they sort of, they went back and forth with emails and they're like, you know, he was like, you know, you're doing really well today and hopefully we can work through this. And then, and then um, Ian McKellen came back to set and they had like set up his whole like waiting tent with all this really nice Elvish like stuff and they, they made it really nice for him and he was like, you know, all cheery again and they sort of, he sort of, you know, I think it was just a learning curve for for someone mm. who had been in the industry of you know celluloid for yeah. in theatre like nearly really like fifty years from, or something you know, like that. It was just it things must have been reacting on people. Of, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, in terms of that sort of stuff, it's it must have been really hard for him to to work on mm. the Hobbit, and he's you know he's, he's getting on now. I mean, he's. Mm. Early seventies, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, yeah. there's like so much love, even though it did feel, yeah, as I keep saying, Peter Jackson being like, "I'm so sorry." Uh, <coughs> there was a lot of love and care, like even the costume designs, oh, everything, man. like the extent of detail that they went in. It's like this guy had this belt buckle because of this reason. It's like no one's gonna know or care, but. The yeah. extent of that they went into it is actually really impressive once you start reading about yeah. it. And it's just like, I mean, yeah. it's, it's that extraneous detail that... that it's people, what separates mm, it from everything else. That's what makes because things more believable. Rich. Everything mm. is... Where, it's, yeah. because it, it, it's culture, it's, you know, it's, it's colour, it's, it's how aggressive they are, how... It makes the world they. feel lived in. Exactly. I mean, exactly. And that's I mean, what all I the stuff we're wearing right now has, you know, is obviously it's not as, you know, embossed and stuff like that, but it still has, you know, those little sort of details. And... Again, even for actors, I mean, there's a great example of um, of Bernard Hill when he saw his Thaden armor. He's got this um, flower embossed in the leather in the inside of his armor, and he's like, nobody's going to see that, but for me as an actor, that makes me feel like a king. I mean, it's, so it does actually help mm. on, a, on an acting level yeah. as well. So I, I, 
the amount of care they go into that you know they literally this, replicate the characters as they would be. They don't. Exactly. They don't take shortcuts. No, they yeah, don't. and, and they, that's amazing. Of that's, okay, that's, that's I think a lot of thing creative project. The thing that people really overlook is they they just go. It's like oh, it's all just for show, and they don't really care. It's just about you know making an impression and being really better than everyone mm. else. And it's like well, no, this, this is the sort of standard you that's should go result. to. You know, you know, going into it, it's a fantasy film, mm. so you know a lot of this, if not a lot, if not all of it, is not real. Mm. You sort of, you have to, you know, if your eye wanders, you have to see something and go, oh, that's really cool. I wonder what story that is. And then you sort of, you know, it's it's that sort of stuff that really, I think, makes those mm. films hold up. Is that I, I really don't think there was many films before that. I mean, you could sort of say Star Wars and, as an example that really built their world mm. in a shoe. Yeah. Or a belt buckle. You yeah. Know? yeah. Whereas it really did well. And it, it is sort of, I don't know, it, to me it was disappointing that, I can't really pinpoint why the five armies were so, to me, a bit of a letdown. Mm. Like I still, as you know, Gabe, you know, you cried during the the, the whole cinema, and, and it's like I understand that Actual because tears from my face. Like I understand that because I, I ears, loved seeing it, but at the same time, there was that moment where it was disappointing. And like honestly, it hasn't hit me yet that until you said it that this is the last time that we're going to see this. Yeah. And you just said that before, at like you know, an hour ago. I'm like, oh. God, you're right. I went and saw <laughs> Battle of the Five Armies again. Yeah, the I next saw it day. twice. Yeah. yeah, I saw it twice. Straight away, I was like, "Yep, yeah, no, nah, again, good, beautiful." And I listened to that. Like, I've See, gotten this habit. I've been, do- I've been doing that since the Hannibal finale as well. But I got in this habit <laughs> with this where, um, <sighs> I like. Yeah, I remember like getting back from seeing Five Armies. I just went through like didn't see a bit home and like just like get a beer and like go out on the deck. And play that song, that last goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of like sit there, just looking at the sky, being like, <laughs> "Yeah." But I did that a few times. I was like, you know, it's, I was, it was my grieving process. Yeah, I mean, and I did the same thing with Hannibal, except with a with an obscure Elton John song for some reason. <laughs> but you know, here we are. Hey, whatever. whatever. I'm not complaining. Hey. It's you know, it's how, I, it's how I feel yeah, my feelings. Okay, let me just <laughs> don't you give me those judging words, <laughs> names. So I, I don't know how you could improve really like the Hobbit trilogy as a whole without going with improvements it's not necessarily adding it's just taking away it's tightening it's tonal consistency understanding exactly what kind of films you want to make understanding the relationship to the predecessors for better or worse where you want to carve your own path and where you want to call back and not doing that too excessively but yeah I think it's tightening cutting Pace is a big one. Pace I, wrong, I think you might have thought about this before this podcast. <laughs> I think you might have thought about those points before this podcast. I think about the Hobbit films more than more than more people than life should, itself, really. More than Hannibal. It's just, I don't, it's hey, some... hey, you back off. I don't think about anything more than I think about Hannibal. That's God a truth. damn it. That's it's, a fact. Um, it's a good show. It, it is very hard to critique something that's actually mm. already very good. It's, I mean, yeah. we'd have to really, you really have to think about it. Yeah. The Hobbit movies are actually very good. There are a lot of other movies out there that are very bad oh, and yeah. like, very to me, easy Hobbit to make improvements on. Bad. That's, that's it. Exactly. They get bad rap, but they're not. Yeah, exactly. Probably they are consistently, I'd say, B. Yes, yeah, look, I think three star films. I think they are three star. I'd say maybe three, three and a half. Look, I reckon, yeah, three. That's actually rather, no, that's harsh. To me, The Hobbits are still a four. You still go there, they're still, for me, because I'm not a huge fanatic. So I look at them in comparison to a lot of other films that I do watch and I put them on the same pedestal. Yeah. The Hobbit <laughs> films exist in the same plane mm. that I will go and see, say, a Bond film mm. or I will go and see yeah, okay. a film that hasn't got a huge um, but within that, like, franchise to it. And 
in comparison, I think they're a lot better than a lot of other films out no, there that aren't identified they as get it, huge I think they franchise get a bad films. They're not Lord of the Rings. That, like, that's, that's exactly that's, 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 you know that's exactly right. I think right. that's its main right. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. that said, like, yep. if yep. I'm going to rate them all individually, I'd be like, Unexpected Journey is four, mm-hmm. Desolation Smaug is two, mm. and uh, Battle of the Five Armies is three. So to like me, I'd probably four, go three and a half, three. I, you know what? I'd probably go four, three and a half, and then after seeing Extended, probably. 3.75. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so come to see the extended. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, the Blu-ray. There, there is, okay, there are some bits. I'm buying the, I'm, as they come out, I'm buying the special edition Blu-ray yeah. sets with like the statues and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just excited to get my hands on the 10 hours of extra footage. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, so I can't much. wait to fucking so see that. So much. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think, I think the bad rap that The Hobbit gets is, is also remembering that people who maybe are teenagers now, mm. 10 years ago, obviously probably wouldn't have had anything to do with Lord of the Rings. They probably would have grown up being like, oh, I do. But I think uh, it probably doesn't help that the internet now is a bit more... Vocal? Yeah. And very critical. Yeah, it is very, very I mean, even, even on... There's one fantasy example of where the internet started saying that stuff and Peter Jackson took form where he was like, in, in uh, Desolation of Smaug trailer, there's a shot where I think Smaug goes over the top of the camera and people are like... Oh, but in the book, he says his belly is encrusted with coins and gems. And he read that and went, we had to do that. Because, I mean, that's a good point. He's not, it's, it's in the book. We should we should probably should. It's a very nice, subtle little detail. Mm. And I didn't realise that until I watched the extended oh. being like, wow, they actually, they went to that. The, who knows how much that might have cost animators <laughs> time and money. shit comment cost me 3.2. That, that, <laughs> yeah. That's an example of them taking a positive to a potentially yeah, yeah, a negative. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, a, a lot of people it's, who... Yeah, who it's, Clusters. I mean, who knows feedback. how much content out there that where they've released a small snippet and people have just berated it because of one person's opinion, and then it hasn't been made. I mean, I'd hate oh, to yeah, figure how much content would have not been made because thing. people are too scared to. I don't understand like this, like cheap cynicism. You know, it's like Jurassic World, dumb as fuck. But how did you not have a? How did people not have a good exactly. time in that film? You know, I actually haven't watched that yet. Another big dinosaur, oh, and then God. another dinosaur got yeah. involved, and a bigger dinosaur ate the that bigger to me dinosaur. Is it, Awesome. It's escapism. Yeah. It's so good. It's dumb as a brick, but the best third <laughs> yeah. act I, of any like escapist film, like the uh-huh. best. Like, and then a fucking whale. Yeah. Fucking, the Mosasaurus is coming out and taking yeah. out the dominance. What a fucking time. And people like. And Chris Pratt and his trained raptors. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Okay. What yeah. a joyous film. Exactly. Like, and then you see people yeah, I, I memes being it. like, oh, <laughs> fucking attack raptors. It's, like, it's, it's so fucking raptors. great. Like, 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 seriously. Every People keep telling me how stupid it is. And that's why I haven't seen it yet. No, 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 no. I mean, it's dumb, but it's like every problem and every solution is the same. It's dumb. That's it. The human uh, characters have no like no depth, no development apart from like the most perfunctory basic development they have (laughs) to have. And otherwise they simply exist to facilitate the dinosaurs getting out Mm -hmm. and killing everything. I think I think that comes down to also people being too far too um, caught up on on grit and realism oh, and being fuck. like with ah, like the whole Batman whatever. thing. Have to, uh, have a fun time. I mean, even even stuff like it, that phase passed. That's even, why, like, that yeah, with, you know, with the whole I think that phase Marvel, Marvel really oh, yeah. changed. That. I mean, I think yeah. even with stuff like, I mean, I, I remember reading comments. This is back when I was in year twelve when um, the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter trailer came out. <laughs> Do you know what? I love that film because it's just so cool. It is what it is. <laughs> I mean, even now, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies are coming out, and I want to see that because that sounds like an interesting, cool, cool film. People like. Like what's the next Obama fucking tax hunter? I'm like, that's you're not clever. That's just like it's it's like it's like a Tumblr comment where people yeah, are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna reblog this because it's witty. Or I'm like, this sounds like a. F- of course it's not real. 
It's fu- look at the title. If you go into that film being expecting Lincoln, mm. you're a fucking idiot. I mean, I just well, I, yeah, it's kind of this point of like, what what's the like nature of film? Why do we go see films? And people kind of like, but I want to have you know be a, like emotional catharsis kind of see exactly. this great thing in a movie. And sometimes like sometimes I just want to turn my brain off and watch a dinosaur Absolutely. fight a dinosaur. Exactly. But then at the same time, it's like, then why do you hate Transformers so much? I'm like, ah, oh, good point. Oh yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Do you know what? That's yeah. But no, Transformers falls that trap. Cynical. Yeah. Mm. Jurassic World has this sense of just gleeful fun mayhem whereas Transformers feels cheap and cynical and I'm not cheap obviously the budget's astronomical oh my god but it just it feels sleazy and yeah, it's like you know yeah. all the shots of like Transformers is like the greasy food like, you eat after you've eaten greasy food and you go oh yeah. maybe this will help it's the nuggets not, not next time, time. And chicken like nuggets just, to your burger yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> then, it, then it makes 600 million dollars on the opening weekend in, in China or something it's like that it just made you know look that, that's the thing like Transformers has no heart yeah. like how do I invest in the mayhem if I don't care about the mayhem I guess Mark Wahlberg gets squashed by a Decepticon play that theme song I mean and dinosaurs I'm pretty fucking yeah exactly so like Really, Jurassic oh, like, World oh, gets free pass. The trailer yeah, with like the piano. Oh yeah, and even with the, the, even oh. that first shot, like when the, the like the sweeping shot over Isla Nublar, and the theme song comes <laughs> booming in, yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. like, John Hammond's dream is alive. Yeah. And it's about to get eaten. And even those like subtle again. references where um, <laughs> the, actual dream. There's the sign that Newman, about. whatever the fuck his name, yeah, is. the sign knocks, yeah, yeah, yeah. knocks over. It's still there, and it's still broken. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. The original fucking visitor center. Yeah, and the theme song just like playing quietly and they're walking exactly. through it. I mean, I and the T Rex still has the scars mm. from where the raptors attacked it in the first film. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, know. yeah. Good. And then like it's fucking good. I yeah. love the end with like a raptor and the T Rex look at each other like, nah, nah. We, yeah. We've got like, like this respect now. now. But We're you know good. what? I saw We're that good. as an arc. It's like the T Rex saying, you know yeah. what? Twenty two years ago, you and your buddies fucked me up, but we just took down a bigger dinosaur. We're right. good. Yeah. Like, I was like dumb. But great. Yeah, and just the t- and the T Rex is just like, all right, well, that's, now that's we're gonna see this. You do, man. It's <laughs> yeah, it is straight I mean, up really great. Oh man. See, this all is right. this is why a lot of those sort of you know very metacritical and mm. stuff like movie reviews where people are just like people are so caught up in either finding stuff that is underrated and being the first to discover it like it's gold, <clears> or they're really quick to jump on something that is critically and commercially really successful and going, oh, but it's just this because of X. I mean, it's like The Martian. I went and saw that. That was fantastic. Ridley Scott is, yeah. you know, back at his, he, he's a very, very, very good director. Mm-hmm. Pr- pr- and I think he just sort of, even with Prometheus and stuff like that, I like Prometheus. I like Ridley I Scott. I thought it was fine. I don't know why a lot of people With The Martian, mm-hmm. it's a very good issues. film. It's, it's, it's good on every level, scientifically, story-wise, yeah. acting, all that sort of stuff. I heard someone, someone made like a, a quippy comment about like The Martian. Someone was like, yeah, but The Martian isn't a good film. Like a, like a sort of reserved like, yeah, I said that, but I'm not going to own up to it because, you know, and someone's mm. going to be like, oh, yeah, here's an opinion. It must be right. Oh, was it during the... Yeah, the, the studio. Was, yeah, it was doing that. Yeah, fucking piece of shit. <laughs> it's just, it was just these really, really like metacritical. I don't want any metacritical film students being like, yeah, but uh, it, 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 that's what shits me about people, their their attitudes to film. And this, this, I mean, this comes back to my my observation as a kid watching Lord of the Rings, and now hmm. furthermore, The Hobbit. Having observed stuff, and you, you it's in, in no analytical form. You're observing it the way your brain works it's it's cognitive and it's not it's unedited you see things for what they are and i think a lot of people go like oh but that's just such an artsy film thing to say it's not it's it's in a lot of things painting lawn work i mean it's i mean it comes down to all those things where you just go they've done this i think for these reasons and then they do back them up with all their i mean that's Mm. that's what the appendices do, do really well is that they back them up all their decisions. They go, Frodo, you know, walks like this or hugs this character at this scene. 
because it adds to his character or stuff mm. like that. And this is why, for me, the Hobbit films, all sort of, you know, meta jokes aside, that's why they work. They they still carry that same love. And it, Okay, sure, some things may be blown out. Blah, blah, blah. You can, you know, go on forever saying that sort of stuff about any mm. film, even Lord of the Rings, God rest their souls. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? I, I think, I think it's, it's people, people just think, think they know more than other people and they go, oh, my, my opinion is the most unique thing that anyone's ever going to hear and people are going to want to pay me for my opinions mm. so I'm going to inflict them on the world. And it's, it's like the whole thing with filmmaking is, is learning. I mean, even people like Martin Scorsese are still saying, I'm learning things every day that I didn't know that actually helped me in my filmmaking. Just because you pass 40 does not mean you stop you know, learning about different sort of things in filmmaking. And I was at a party a couple of weeks ago talking to an old schoolmate of mine who I hadn't talked to for a while. And we actually, schoolmate, mm. school acquaintance, and we'd actually become, in this 20-minute conversation about the film that we had just worked on, I was explaining to him what, how, you know, I was like, oh, we're doing a Star Wars film. And initially that piques people into it. They go, oh, that's, you know, ooh, that's quite that's quite bold. And I started telling him about these, the, the ideas and the, and, you know, the concepts and all these arcs. And, all, and this is a 20-minute film. Mm. And he was going, that's... That's such a that's a really intelligent way of going about something that's Star Wars. Hmm. People still have that understanding that Star Wars is still like this, you know, it's uh, this the space opera. space opera, and it's really that, not. Yeah. I mean, these these characters stand the test of time because yeah. they're, they are characters. They're characters that you can believe in, and 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 again, even with the Hobbit, these are characters that I will remember for hopefully the rest of my life. Because the things they do directly affect the people around them, and, <clears throat> yeah. and that's what makes their decisions human in a sense even if they're not human is that is that you go if I was in that situation would I have done that maybe I would have done that maybe I would have picked up that ring or you know mm. and it's it, you know like with Bilbo where he's about to kill Gollum and he remembers what Gandalf says where he's like you know courage is not knowing when to not when to take a life when to spare one and you know yeah. that in and of itself essentially you know Gollum then you know does all this stuff in Lord of the Rings yeah you know, all yeah. that sort of stuff so it's 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 that stuff that ultimately I think is what makes these films mm. really, really solid. Oh, is just, it just remembering that the first it's thing re- is remembering Gollum in Lord of the Rings and like in the cinema? I was like, oh no, remembering but not thinking yeah. too much about them and just mm. and not saying the first thing that comes into your mind, but just to yourself going like that's you know because you can't you can argue with yourself, but in the end you're either right and wrong. You know mm. what I mean? It's yeah. it's it's very convoluted with other people. They're very, very honest people, which is, you know, the people I love working with. There's people who, who can clearly see when people are just hamming an argument up, you know, to get, you know, notes. Karma. Mm. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's, likes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. With the whole, you know, social media thing, I think a lot of people think they have a more of an opinion than they, you know. It's like they think of, you know, people who sit in front of the computers or they're just trolls, basically. They just troll everything and they just go like, oh, no. This niche episode of this show that nobody's watched is much better than you know Citizen Kane because blah blah blah. It's like you know it's there's no end to it. But when you you know you sit back and you go, what is this story trying to achieve? Have I felt that? That's you know that's that's really all you need with that. It could be the yeah, worst film in the world. As simple as that. Like mm. you know there are people on the planet for whom fucking the room probably had. That's exactly a right. Really powerful emotional. I mean, I think the room. Yeah, it was pretty emotional for me. I mean, it <laughs> made me angry. Yeah. Oh my god! Holy Mostly shit! Mostly laughter, bewilderment, and throwing spoons at the screen. Right, but <laughs> spoons of all spoons. things. <laughs> but have you ever seen it at the cinema? Like, you go and you get a big bucket of spoons. The room at the room. S- at, at, at the, the cinema. They do midnight screenings at Nova every month. 
and you go in there, it's always a full house, yeah, you, you go in, you get a whole bunch of plastic spoons, and every time you see a spoon <laughs> on the screen, because all, all the photos in the apartment are of spoons, every time you see a spoon, the whole cinema just goes, spoons! And as you get drunker and you throw more spoons, it gets to the point where everyone's like scrambling over the chairs in front of them, shoving each other out of the way, <laughs> picking up all the spoons at the front to get more spoons, while being pelted with yeah. more spoons. At one point in the film, like... uh Somebody I did not drinks know about scotch this. mixed with vodka, and at that oh, point, God. somebody in the cinema always invariably gets up and is like, "Scotch car!" with a bottle of scotch and vodka, and starts pouring it for everyone. So everyone's getting fucking mashed off scotch, <laughs> throwing footballs around the place, <laughs> piffing spoons at the screen, like screaming yeah. lines out, getting up and re- it's it's mental. Yeah. Go to a midnight screening no, of the mm. room at Cinema Nova; it's the fucking best. <laughs> Well, I it's think that'd probably have to be the most appropriate way to, to watch that, the yeah. room, yeah. basically, because I can't even life. watch it on the smallest device I have, spoons, yeah. with the worst speakers I have, so I can at least miss a good portion of the dialogue. It's so good! It's I, so funny. You are yeah. insane. But I mean, I, I, <laughs> but I think it's, it's brilliant in its insanity. Even even inebriated spoons is is a good example of you know how films can have an effect yeah, exactly. on someone if you get mm. something out of something and that's why like when when my brother said to me after the <laughs> what holiday, is the like, desired effect that was a piece yeah. of shit it was a mess blah 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 and I was like no fuck you because I cried at the ending yeah, and if, yeah. and, mo- and I don't cry in movies that often unless it's Hannibal which isn't a movie it's a TV say, show so but by you know default, you're fine. like I, yeah. I, I really don't I'm not a <clears throat> big tearer upper yeah but holy fuck the ending of the Battle of the Five Armies and yeah look it was a flawed film and I can go mm. on for days and days about how flawed it was and everything but I've said this and I'll it, say it again that film had a very very big emotional impact on mm. me and not many films get that yeah, no, so like aside from anything else like, almost a three hour film and I'm honestly probably going to go home and watch at least two of them tonight yeah <laughs> and the extended is that so you can watch all exactly so I'm going, but the oh, thing too is that it. like on the on what you just said about you know yeah it is flawed Every film is flawed. Yeah. Oh, no, there, I mean, there's no perfect. And some, again, some films are it's all others, it is but... all opinionated. We might say, yeah. "Yeah, it needs tweaks," but you'll be another. There'll be another person out there who reckon that it's the best thing. And we we'll probably well, have exactly. a really compelling okay. argument as yeah. to why. Exactly. So at the end of the day, work. what we're doing is useless. Oh. And, uh, exactly. and ultimately, <laughs> we should stop this podcast. <laughs> so who wants to go in out of Woolworths and buy some spoons and alcohol? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, let's throw spoons. Otherwise, we could just like all deck ourselves right here because what we're doing is apparently totally pointless. I always say, like you know, yes, we. This whole like this whole podcast, this whole show is very much about like look. Some films just need tweaking. We can do a bit better, or yeah. perhaps not. And like what we tend tend to do is like this is a kind of the idea. Wouldn't it be cool if we saw that? And half the time it's like yeah, half the time it's like well, not really. Like that's yeah. a dumb idea. Stop talking, Sam. And I'm like okay, fair <laughs> enough, I will. No, so, uh, it, realistically, what we have been doing mm. has been look. We've been looking at the Hobbit films logically yeah. and talking about what would work to improve it logically, yeah. not what we think should happen. Mm. Um, biased opinion wise, yeah, it's yeah. what would improve it. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. always thought like something with like feeling Achilles' death. Now, in in <coughs> retrospect, I sort of go, okay, what they've done is actually it, it still works. I mean, you still get the mm. you still get there in the end. I I've always liked the imagery of um, in in Return of the King where um, Merry and Pippin are in the in the middle of the Battle of the Black Gate where they're just surrounded by orcs and they're just mm-hmm. fighting them off. I always liked that imagery with feeling Achilles and how they. If they were in that sort of situation, they just get overrun, and that's how they sort of end up kicking the bucket. I, I sort of think that might have been in my head. That's always how I imagine that thing. And then seeing it in the cinema, I guess I was a bit reticent to be like, mm. "Oh, but that's not how I imagined it." But now I, I look back and go, I, "That's still like I knew it was coming. I knew two years before that, <laughs> ten years ago, I knew it was coming." Mm. But it's I was still like. 
I can't believe you know and and they yeah it's it still got me where I needed to go so I, yeah. I yeah I think people are, are far too sort of quick to jump on the whole bandwagon of you know the Hobbit blah, 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 they do these things wrong and if I was doing them it's like well you're not doing them though yeah. yeah. And I'm not doing them. I'd love to do them. You know, the, the, that would be. Peter, and even even if they did it their way, there will be other people out there that will disagree. Oh, exactly. We'll be like, oh, but you're you not know, Peter Jackson. You will never so get. You, know? you will never get a perfect no. agreement with everybody. Exactly. And on that note, I've been Joel. I've been Gabe. Dean. Michael. If you guys have any ways you could fix the Hobbit trilogy, let us know. Uh, sanspantsradio at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at sanspants. You guys, uh, since we last saw you, uh, your film is now online. And complete, yes. And complete. It is. It has been uploaded to YouTube on the Torm Production um, account. Awesome. That would be T-O-R-R-M Production. Um, Links check to that it will out. Be in the check it out on our page as well. Yep. Um, you'll love it. Trees like torches if you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.